Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Picasad Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with the Riven, Andrew Velez, and this is now episode 94. In this episode, we will talk about whether or not the Nets season was successful, preview the Hawks versus Bucks series, give an outlook on the Jazz and 76ers offseason, and give a winner for the Kemba Walker trade. Then we'll transition to the NFL and debate about which QB is under the most pressure, Carson Wentz or Matthew Stafford, and who will win the Patriots quarterback competition. To end off the show, we'll talk about Calvin Johnson calling out the lines and the backlash Cole Beasley has been receiving. This is now episode 94. If you guys would like to, you can rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. We recently had a video on TikTok go viral in it. It has created a spike in the podcast download number so if you guys have been downloading the podcast we appreciate you guys hopefully you guys are here to stay because we got a lot more coming so this guy this guy, <laughs> this guy. oh my gosh it took us it took me three takes to do that intro by the way if you guys are listening it took me three takes kind of rusty right now it's all right man had you, a, did, you did your thing right had a, had a four-day break but now we're here this probably won't be that long of an episode i'm very I'm looking forward to talking about a few topics, obviously the basketball topics, but I can't wait to talk about that Cole Beasley topic. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with it on Twitter or not. No, not really. It, it is. It is pretty insane. Okay. Right now. It is pretty well, I'm, insane. Ba- I'm banned from Twitter, so it's hard to really like, you know, get all the <laughs> information, the deeds and stuff. But you use the pick aside Twitter. Yeah, but it's more, all I see is basketball. I don't really see Cole Beasley and stuff. So, Come on, bro. Pick aside. We do football too. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Sorry, right, man. You got to get on that. You guys don't retweet a lot of stuff. You know, if you retweet things, I, I get to see it. Okay. So I'm yeah. not, you don't follow me on the Pick Aside Twitter. He doesn't follow you on the Pick Aside. your Twitter now, bro. Yeah, but he chose to not follow you. All right. You can't follow people on brand accounts, man. <laughs> no, that's a fact. You that's can't. a fact. You can't. Yeah. It's just not, it doesn't look. The only people I follow right. is like people that gives me news. Mm-hmm. So Fair enough. Nudes? No, news. <laughs> <laughs> news. So I went, I went to the Nets versus Bucks game seven game and obviously the the Bucks won the Nets lost and I don't feel bad about it you know I, I would have felt worse Great if, experience. if uh F. the Bucks blew the Nets out of the water but it took a Kyrie injury Harden ham Harden's hamstring <sighs> injury which he was playing through a grade two hamstring which is pretty crazy I mean <laughs> after that I definitely fear the beard and it took the Bucks Seven games and overtime to beat the Nets. I'm glad. I'm glad we're getting right into it. I'm really glad. Me too, man. So obviously the Nets had expectations to win a championship this season. Would you classify this season as a failure for the Brooklyn Nets? (laughs) Failure, such as I I wouldn't. Failure is such a strong word. Is Is it? Is it a unsuccessful season? Yes, but they should. They feel bad about it. No. You know, this year dealing with all the injuries and the fact that everybody was hurt, you know, walking into playoffs, you didn't have your three best guys at the same time, only for the Boston series. You know, it was tough to even go into that Milwaukee game. Granted, they did have opportunities to win that series nonetheless. But I think this year you got a little, even though we only got about, what, 13 games of the big three playing together, you kind of got a taste of what they're going to be going down the line and just getting those guys healthy next year should be the goal. But I think this year, being that they the, the goal was championship or bust, you know, obviously it has to be an unsuccessful season. But I don't think the Nets fans should feel bad about it. This is the team that everybody admitted would beat them. If not for any other team, Milwaukee would be their biggest challenge. And granted, like you said, Kyrie getting hurt, 
Harden playing on a, a bad hamstring. Still, seven games, Kevin Durant did everything he could. So I think they should feel good about this season. They should feel good about the fact that they're growing as a team and the next year should be the real championship or bust season. Oh, I definitely agree with you. I think next season fans definitely should be looking forward to. But if we're talking strictly about this season, I think I have to look as it look at it as a failure. I mean, you have Ke- Kevin Durant, Harden, Kyrie. KD just came off a torn Achilles. You really didn't expect him to be the one out of the three to play this deep into the season. Uh, you have Harden, who has up until this point been pr- basically have a clean bill of health his entire career. Then you have Kyrie, who's been the, since leaving uh, Cleveland, had struggled with some injuries. Even back uh, in his time with Cleveland, he struggled with uh, an ankle injury in the finals. So I feel like you, you look at anything other than a championship this year with those three guys together on the same team, I feel like I have to look at it, at it as a failure, especially with the uh, extra year of miles on all three of these guys' body, especially with KD, the way that he was playing. He's playing the best basketball of his career. The fact that not one of those guys could show up for him and help him out to, to get him to the next round was truly surprising to me. Of course, like you mentioned, Harden uh, playing with a grade two hamstring. I'm not going to crucify him that much. But you think he he he's 25% of himself. This is an easy win for the Nets. And I just feel like a ch- without a championship, you put these three together for no reason, essentially. But of course, if we're looking towards the future, I'm pretty confident these three could get it done. But off this season alone, it's got to be a failure. The goal was to make the NBA Finals. The goal was to win the NBA Championship. The goal was to prove me right in oh, yeah, saying they were going to win the net. They were going to win the championship because if they would have won, I would have been right in the NFL <laughs> and in the NBA. I would have been two for two. It would have boosted up my resume a lot. But because the Nets didn't do that, it's it's you know I feel bad about it. Now I, I'll say a couple of things about the crying. <laughs> <laughs> we we look at this Nets team and they went through a ton of adversity. Harden with the hamstring injury. Grade two, it takes four weeks to recover. He came back in a week to to help the Nets win. Huge props to him, but I'll get into him in a minute. <laughs> LaMarcus Aldridge retired. That was big. And this they could have really used him this series. He, I think he would have been that difference, LaMarcus Aldridge, definitely. Jeff Green was injured, too. He came back prematurely. And then Kyrie, his ankle injury. The Nets had so much going against them, and it still took the Bucks everything they had and more to beat them in an overtime game on the road. And I think right now we can possibly say the Bucks should be the favorites to win the finals. If it's not them, it's it's Phoenix. Yep. It's either them or Phoenix. Either way, they're one of the favorites. The healthiest so, teams. Exactly. Either way, they're one of the favorites. You know, I, I said it before the, before the series. Whoever wins this series, I think, is winning the championship. And I hope that's not the case because I hope Phoenix does beat – Milwaukee, because right now everybody, you know, I made a video about Giannis on TikTok and everybody's like, oh, you still think Giannis can't be the best player on the championship team? He hasn't won a championship yet. Let's see if he wins a championship. This is his best shot to win it. We'll see if he does it. But the Nets have a ton of free agents. Spencer Dinwiddie, Blake Griffin, Jeff Green, and Bruce Brown and Mike James are restricted free agents. Dinwiddie's gone. He's leaving. I don't know where, but he's leaving, and I'm glad. Because this guy is one of the cockiest players in the NBA. All he does is talk smack on Twitter, especially about the Knicks, which is why I despise Dinwiddie. And Dinwiddie is a role player. 
He's not. He's not. He thinks he's a star, but he's not a star. He's a sixth man of the year candidate. If he comes off the bench, he's a borderline starter. He, if he starts for a team at point guard anywhere else, he is what Reggie Jackson was at Detroit. Just a fill-in starter. That's what Dinwiddie is. He's nothing special. Jeez. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin is probably going to leave. I think he played his way into a nice contract. I don't think he comes back to Brooklyn on the vet minimum because the Nets have, they're over the cap by $46.4 million. So Blake Griffin, Jeff Green, possibly gone unless they want a ring chase. I think Bruce Brown stays and he's very important. But the good thing about 2021 is that there are a lot of veteran free agents. You got Eagle Dollar, JJ Redick, whose family lives in Brooklyn and would like to, wanted to get traded to Brooklyn because he wanted to be with his family more. If I was Brooklyn, I trade Joe Harris, get another player, and sign Reddick because he would take the minimum, I think, to be with his family and to be closer to them for the majority of the season. Ibaka, if he declines his option, PJ Tucker's an option, JaVale McGee, Biombo, Carmelo, we talked about that before the podcast going to the Lakers, Dwight Howard, Danny Green, Trevor Reza. There are a lot of guys who could take the vet minimum and play with Brooklyn next season. So that's the good thing. Was this season a failure? Absolutely. Will they come back better next year? Absolutely. Will they win the championship next year? Absolutely. Uh, the Heat The Heat did not win a championship in their first year together with the big three. They actually lost to Dallas. And in my opinion, that loss to Dallas was more disheartening than the Nets lost to Milwaukee because Heat sure. were the favorites by far against yeah. Dallas. Yeah, like and, they were, yeah. and they were healthy. So not a question. The big yeah, three. <laughs> so the big three in Miami didn't win a championship the first year. Nets didn't win a championship the first year, but they will their second year, and I have no oh. doubt about it. Oh God. Oh, let me tell you why it's a little different. This team, when you built this team, you knew the risk of building this team. Injuries were gonna play. The only thing, and I, I said it before, the only thing that's gonna damage the Nets is injuries. You know, injury prone Kyrie, and we thought injury prone KD. James Harden now all of a sudden catching the injury bug with a hamstring. This was the only thing that was going to threaten their chances at coming out the East, you know, and that's going to be the same thing next year. Injuries are going to play into a factor with their with their three best guys. One guy goes down, it's damaging. Either Kyrie or Harden, we've seen it's still damaging. Harden coming back earlier than expected. You know, we wanted him to play his hard out, but it still didn't affect the Bucks that much. They're, they're up 3-2. They lose two straight. Game six in Milwaukee, and then they lose game seven in Brooklyn. I just think, like, with this team, you know, that's always going to be a risk. You know, I don't think guys like P.J. Tucker is going to leave the team. He just is, might go to the chip with. You know, I think guys like Melo is going to look to play with LeBron. Serge Ibaka, I think he's going to want to stay with his buddy Kawhi if they end up staying on the Clippers, you know. I just, I see, like, people want to go to the Nets, but I just, I don't know with the team being, the top three guys being injury prone, it's going to be hard to really bring guys like that and then you said trade Joe Harris granted he played terrible the last four games like once they left Brooklyn the first time he just fell off a cliff but he has led the league in three-point percentage I think two years in a row if I'm not mistaken definitely won JJ Redick I don't think he's as good as a shooter as Joe Harris is right now right now I don't think I, him? I would disagree. I don't think they're the same shooter, in my opinion. I, I don't. I don't know. I think you know. I would. I would probably keep the six six guy. You know, being that he's already with that team, he's fitting that system. I mean, but 
And considering the fact that his stock is probably low right now, considering how bad he just played the last four games, I don't know what you're going to get out of him. I don't know what you what else you need out of him. But, you know, getting J.J. Redick would probably be good, too. I think if you can keep both guys, you would get both. But it's going to be tough because this team is going to be dealing with injuries nonstop. And now Harden's a part of that plug. And what are they going to do with DeAndre Jordan? This is the thing. DeAndre Jordan, I think, has to get traded. Maybe to OKC, you got to give up a pick to get rid of him because he's taking up a bunch of just sitting there. But this is the thing. Joe Harris, to me, I just don't trust him in the playoffs Mm. because this isn't the first time that he stunk it up in the playoffs. This is, it's been two series already that he's done it versus Philly and now Milwaukee, where you need him a lot. And JJ Reddick, to me, is the same level of shooter as him. Harris is better off the dribble. He can get to the basket better because he's younger. Granted, I I, I understand that. Hmm? Harris is 30. All right, he's still younger. Is he not younger than J.J. Reddick? I mean, but come on. You made it seem like he's... 30 is prime in basketball. Yeah, that's true. That's still prime. I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, J.J., I, I think you can't have both because Joe Harris, if he's... I mean, if J.J. comes for the minimum. That's true, but if Harris stays, Reddick is not going to get any minutes. You know, Landry Shamit is still there. Mm-hmm. You, know, you could take Shamit. You would definitely want Reddick to take Shamit minutes. I don't know. Shamit played relatively Shamit, well. Shamit played well. He played well. So you would keep Shamit, but trade I, Joe and because you could get Reddick. you could get something of value for trading Joe Harris right now. Right now, right now for I mean he had a bad playoff series, but you look at everything else. He's getting paid eighteen that. mil. I mean if I'm if I'm the Nets, what I'm doing? What well, they said, Joe is a Brooklyn. He's a, he's a Net. That's okay, what they said. Whatever. Let, everybody <laughs> says that before they get traded. That's true. So That's it doesn't really matter. They traded IT. Anything could happen. All I'm saying yeah. is that the Nets, they, they should trade Joe Harris because I think they don't need a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's tough to say because he's a great three-point shooter, but they have enough offense. With KD, Kyrie, and Harden, they have enough offense. They just need players to fill in. What they really need on that starting lineup to replace Harris is a Three and D player. Who's that? Look, Iggy. the perfect player for the Nets, who I that think, old. who I think would go to the Nets because he's close with Harden, he's close with KD, is PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker would elevate them I to don't the think next he's level. Going there, where would he go? If he I go think there? he would stay. I was gonna say, why Milwaukee? would he stay in Milwaukee? If they're about to win a chip. Yeah, they are. If they don't win, why would he stay? They, but if they do win, why would he go to play with the team he just beat? Like he just beat you because up. he's really close with Kevin Durant and James Harden. I don't see it personally. I don't, I don't know about that. I see it. I see if he wins a chip, I don't see PJ. I don't. I don't see PJ going to play with you guys after he just won a chip with that team. I think he'll stay. Even then, I see Javale McGee as an option. Okay, I, I think he would be really good. Look, you need I a think, defensive big, and may, maybe not even Redick. If I was Brooklyn, I'd probably prioritize Danny Green over Redick, mm. and I'd have Danny Green, who's a defender yeah. and a three point shooter, knockdown guy. So that's what I would do if I'm Brooklyn. So I think that's what's next for the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, the season. Was not a success. Nobody can call it a success if they didn't win a championship. And I'm, before we move on, I want to say this about James Harden. He shot two for 12 from three. Five for 17, I believe, from the field for 22. the 22. It wasn't 22. It wasn't? It wasn't. Must be you thinking somebody else. Do your fact checking, man. You got it wrong, too. No, it wasn't. It's you five said, for, I think. It's five, five. I think. I thought it was five. Five for 17, okay. two for 12, nine okay. rebounds, nine assists. How many points did he end up with? 22, surprisingly. James Harden... Was on a bad hamstring. He came back prematurely. I'm just glad he didn't get hurt again and didn't have an even more severe injury. But he has to play better. Even with the bad hamstring, he got open shots and didn't hit them. If he hits some of those open shots, they win the series and they go on to the Eastern Conference Finals. 
So James Harden, even though I love him to death, he reminds me a lot of Luka, like I've mentioned before on this podcast. The difference with Luka is that he steps up in really big moments. We've seen Luka in two playoff series back-to-back be one of the best playoff performers that we've seen in the last 10 years and in history since I've been watching basketball. Harden has not been that. Harden, when you need him the most, there's still that nervousness that he's not going to be what he was in the regular season, and that's the difference with Luka. So James Harden, he has to win a championship, and he has to be one of the main catalysts for winning that championship next year because I love Harden, but I can't keep defending him. He was missing open shots, and I agree. I think it, it sucks. It sucks, but it is what it is. That's the truth about James Harden. There's no way. There's no way around. I it. agree. I think if you, um, granted, I understand he was hurt, but I think if you you go out there and you play, then you are due for any criticism that you're about to get because you decided to go out there and play. You know how hurt you are. But if you go out there and you play game six, game seven, he played bad game six too, but. If you go out there and you no, decide, I was going to say game six, he played well. Game I, five, I, I, he really didn't play Okay, that pardon well. me. Game five. Pardon me. It wasn't game six. But game, game five, five, he was huge because all he did was space the court for KD to play iso ball. Yeah, but it was, he had, KD had spacing regardless. Agreed. So it was, Agreed. it wasn't really just hard and KD had spacing no matter what. But I That's think, true. I agree with Joel. I think if you go out there and play, you have to give it your all. You have to play better if you're that type of player. So he has to just be better. Granted, he did buck up. Go out there with a grade two hamstring and put out, you know, tried to save the series. And I respect that from him as a player. But you got to be out there and you got to play better. You got to help Katie. And that goes for everybody. The healthy guys, Joe Harris, Blake Griffin played good. But guys like that who are supposed to be hitting their shots have to step up and play better. It gets to a point where you're too cold that you need to realize, okay, something's not working. I need to do something else. And I know that he has an injured hamstring and he didn't, he obviously looked like he didn't have his legs underneath him. But try and do something else. Maybe run a pick and roll where, where you know what, you're not putting 100% uh, weight on that hamstring as you're driving to the basket. Maybe, you know, you you fake driving to the basket where your name's James Harden, so obviously people are going to come crashing. and you make that extra pass. He had nine assists, seven assists, eight assists in the three games that he played, respectively. Nine in game seven. Respectfully. Re- yeah, respectively. Respectfully. No, respectively. That's like in that order. Respectfully. Oh, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, oh, exactly. Okay, you're no saying. worries. So it's not it's it, he was trying to do other things in that asset, but you realize you're not making your shots. Don't keep taking them. I know that you're James Harden. I know that you know you can make these, but it gets to a point where you're hurting your team more by missing these open shots. Do something else. I I agree with uh, what you said about Luca too, but I also disagree because Harden has had a significant bigger moments than what Luca's had to endure in game in round one. If we're, if we're mm. going to compare a round one mm. series compared to mm. a, a Western Conference Finals as mm. he had to go through in I disagree. In State. Talk you want to know why? Well, let me finish, though. Uh, Talk you, about it. You, Luka, he definitely came through, but he lost both those series. Not as he, a favorite. He p- agreed, but he still lost them. Okay. He, he showed up. He, he played well. That last, the last two games against the Clippers, he did not play that well. Yeah, yeah, he did. No, in the fourth quarter, he didn't play well. In the fourth he went, quarter, he he in multiple off. games. He in multiple games, he went ghost in that fourth quarter. I agree, but he's. I mean, you look at the final stat line: efficient numbers. Of course, cool, yeah, but yeah, the fourth but quarter. If you want to look, look at Harden's stat line: twenty-two, nine, and nine. Five for seventeen is not efficient. I, uh, if we let's look at let's go look <laughs> two at two for twelve is oh, not efficient. I, I'm not. I'm, but you said the final stat line. Go to Luca. Twenty-two, nine, and nine. Now, looks Luca averaged about thirty. Yeah, bro, he was insane. He was insane. But the fourth quarter, he was bad. 
And that's what it Luca was 17 for 30, 5 for 11 in game seven. He had he had 46.7 rebounds and 14 assists. And in that fourth quarter? I I, I agree, but he was <laughs> he shot over 50% from the field and close to 50% from three. Mm-hmm. That Harden was just in not ga- good. In at game all. six at home, where he could have closed, Luca went two for nine from three, 11 of oh, 24. No doubt about yeah. it. But that's not as bad as what Harden went. Oh, no. And, and I agree. This, it's that's just, when they unleashed it's just, the robot. It's just different moments. That's all I'm saying. Harden's had to deal with a lot more pressure than a, 20, a 22 year old. I mean, Luka. this is Luca's second playoff, so I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Harden has been in more high leverage moments, but also James Harden in the first round has not been very good. I remember in Houston, twenty not well, j- just in twenty twenty last year against against OKC, he was not good <laughs> yeah. on offense. Yep. He was he had a really bad shooting series. The year before that against Utah, he wasn't good offensively. He picked it up against Golden State, but in those round ones, he he really hasn't been exceptional. So mm-hmm. Harden does drop off in the playoffs and. I think for him, obviously, he's old now. He's 32 years old. He's still... So he's getting... He's getting up there He's getting up there in age. James Harden has to change his game. With the new rules that are coming in the NBA about... Finally. The fouls and stuff. James Harden has to change his game because there were so many moments in Game 7. I'm looking at that game, and Harden is coming off the pick and roll. Only Brooke Lopez in front of him, but he's about three feet back from him. And Harden doesn't even think about pulling up a mid range. He used shot. to do that, and that that has early on in Houston, and that right. hasn't been in his game for about four years. Correct, and it's the most frustrating part of James Harden's game because he can hit that shot, and if he were to take that shot, it would be better. In Game Seven, he was an East to West player. All he was doing was running around the perimeter, dribbling around the perimeter. He wasn't even thinking about driving to the basket, but even fully healthy. All he does is shoot threes or drive to the basket. He has to expand his game more and shoot from different spots on the court because every great player that we know does that. Luka does that. Kawhi does that. LeBron does that. KD does that. Hell, even Paul George does it. Paul George does it. James Harden needs to do that, and he needs to add that onto his game or add it back into his game. That's how the Nets can take the next step because Harden, while he's an unstoppable force on offense, his game is predictable. And he has to start act. He has to start adding some unpredictabilities into his game because that's why he's efficient. He's and that's, inefficient like this. And that's interesting that you say that. You know, talking about you know the the war between analytics and guys who watch basketball. You know, it's interesting that you bring up the mid range. And I think with that, it comes with Harden when he comes off the screen. He's more looking for the foul than pulling up for the mid range. And like you said, guys like Luca. We've seen it this year. Devin Booker. I was going to say Donovan Mitchell. Same Paul name. George. Guys, even Trey Young with the little floater, like you've seen guys expanding their offensive game to not just the three point line and going to the basket. You've seen mid range, even his teammate Kevin Durant, straight pick and roll, come up at the elbow, take the pull up jump shot. He does that repeatedly, repeatedly, and it, it's effective. It works. It's a great shot, and it's something that opens up your game and open up everybody else's game. And I think Harden, I don't think he needs to add it. Like you said, I think he needs to bring it back on what he used to have in his game. He used to have that mid-range jump shot. He just needs to come back, especially now, like you said, 32. He has a hamstring injury, so that's kind of going to affect him as the age is. So he needs to definitely evolve and get that back into his game because if he gets that, then it's like, what can you do? He can go to the basket. He can hit the step back three. He can take the mid-range. And people give him that space. He has enough ball handling moves to get that space and take that mid-range jump shot. Another thing is, I wonder if James Harden just didn't come into this season fully in basketball shape because he had had his mindset on, I want out of Houston. 
Get me out of Houston. This is not a winning organization. I need to go somewhere else. Trade me to Brooklyn. So I wonder if he purposely put his, his body through something that he had never experienced before. And this is the first time we're seeing James Harden go through some injury uh, of any sort, truthfully. So I wonder, what do you guys think about that? Do you think that, that Harden really held himself back this offseason? I think he, it was so, he was so used to playing the way he played in Houston. I think coming in and then dealing with something he hasn't really dealt with in a while, which was the hamstring injury. I mean, he's had that in the past. Hamstring it's injuries? Affect, yeah, it's affecting him. That's, this is not a, something new for yeah, him. Yeah, I think okay. like being what he was, being the Iron Man he was for so long and carrying that team, this is just, I feel like this year was just a new thing for him, a new environment. I feel like he'll be right back next year. It's just dealing with everything in and out of the lineup. The team wasn't really there. I think that really affected him too. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that uh, Kate. I think Katie and Harden are going to play for USA Basketball. They I love hooping. I don't think that's going to help them in What's terms the of being healthy, too, man. Be a sick team. Yeah, I don't think that's going to help them in terms of being healthy next season. But we'll see what happens. We know that that's their biggest problem, their biggest concern, health. Health. For but sure. I also do think they can sign some good free agents. I hope Jeff Green comes back. I think Bruce Brown is coming back. I would love PG Tucker to go there. JJ Redick or. Danny Green, I think they can sign one of those three players and then run it back. You I think know? Danny Green would probably be the best guy. Ja- JaVale McGee, too. They need a rim protector who can who has strength. What about a guy like Torrey Craig? I would love Torrey Craig. I would love Torrey Craig. You look at, a, uh, look at a lineup like this, there's just no way you can't think that these guys are going to the finals next year. Like you ha- That has to be your thought in your it's head. It's going to be you, Atlanta. A healthy no, KD. Yeah, no, nah, I know you were kidding, but... <laughs> A healthy KD, a healthy Harden, a healthy Kyrie. That's the thing. There's no one stopping healthy. Oh, no, for sure. For sure. You saw it this year, but this was also a shortened season. It's not like the Nets were the only ones experiencing injuries. So, I mean, I look for next season to be completely different. And uh, I mean, they're playing Team USA Basketball, and the season starts in October. So when does USA Basketball end? It probably is going to be. I'm guessing it's maybe maybe one to two months. And if that's the case, it's going to end in August, August. or September. Mm-hmm. And they'll be right back to it in about a month. I think I mean, tra- training camp will be in September. They'll be in shape. I was going to say, season. yeah. They'll be that's, in shape. That's probably a – because what, USA basketball starts in June, July? So that's – they basically had no time to rest. We'll see. Yeah, LeBron's definitely not playing now. You Curry say that. said it's yeah. quiet. He's not playing? Uh-uh. CP said he's That's not such a either. shame, man. They could have just – Curry, fact, yeah, it's wraps. He's how it rests. To carry they could load. put together the all-time great yeah. lineup, bro. I can't believe people still think Golden State is going to make the finals next year. It's really? Ridiculous. I think they're going to make the playoffs. The finals is the fact that Clay hasn't played in two. People seasons. think that Clay's just going to come back and be and superhuman. Clay, Clay Thompson. Well, I, I think didn't, he'll come I back. Think, just, did you think KD would be this? KD. No, he didn't. He didn't. He did it. He did it. He did it. Don't let him lie to you. I didn't think. I didn't think KD would be this. This. But also, be this. KD, capping, look at his game. I swear to God, I said he was going to be this. I said he was going to be the same player, the exact same player. Actually, I did said that. Now, he said it, but KD's not coming off for two years, not playing. Yeah, two years. Clay is, is. true. That's two years. That's a lot of time. But Clay's game is pretty easy to just come in and just. I think the defense will be a little bit gone. I don't think he's and shooting. And that's half of his game. Yeah, I don't that's, think he's shooting to be half, gone. That's I agree with the that most statement. important half of his game. Correct. Honestly, mm-hmm. correct. He's the greatest three and D player ever. He's not better than Jr. Smith. You got to say. Now I'm playing. The two teams that are in the Eastern Conference Finals are the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think we all saw the Bucks making it this far, but Atlanta was definitely a surprise. They weren't favorites to beat the Knicks in the first round, and now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. we all finals. picked Philly. Yeah. I picked Philly. I, I definitely def picked Philly. Philly. I thought that series should have ended in five, but Philly blew leads. So it is what it is. 
the Bucks are two and one against the Hawks this season in the regular season, but Trey Young didn't play for two of those games. Trey Young has been averaging twenty nine and ten in the playoffs. And first of all, do you think Trey Young is going to continue being this dominant against the Bucks, uh, facing Drew Holiday? That's going to be his primary defender, or do you think he's going to drop off? And just preview the series for me. Well, first of all, um, you know Trey did, Trey played one of those matchups, and he actually played really horrible in that matchup that he did play in. I think, you know, this series should end in five. You know, I think Milwaukee is a little bit more disciplined than Philly. I think Philly, what they just lacked was discipline and adjustments. I think Milwaukee's going to have that in here. I don't think they have. I don't think Atlanta has the personnel to guard Milwaukee. I think their best defenders won't play this. A playoff series, so it's going to be a tough matchup against Middleton, Holiday, and Giannis. Of course, you know they got Clint, they got John Collins, but they don't have any wing depth on the defensive end and no guard depth on the defensive end. So I think it's going to be a tough go for them. Drew Holiday, I believe, is a better defender than anybody on Philly. I think the closest is Matisse, but I think Drew Holiday is one of the best defensive guards in the league. So it's going to be tough for Trey Young, and it's 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 rough because a team like Milwaukee, you know. Running Trey Young running that pick and roll, right? And seeing Joel Embiid, who's a walking 300 pounds on a bad meniscus, is a lot different than seeing, you know, Brooke Lopez or Giannis. You know, those are guys who are really good rim protectors. And Drew Holiday's a guy who likes to follow. You're not going to beat him as he beat Ben Simmons off the dribble easy. I think the problem with Ben Simmons was he is very, he struggles with quick, speedy guards, guys who are very quick. Drew doesn't struggle with them. I think he's going to be there every play. So I, I think Milwaukee... This is this is really their chance because this is a team that I think they're gonna they'll be able to outmatch and outmaneuver. But I think honestly, it could go either way because Atlanta is just playing so great. You know, Trey Young. What we've seen is it, he can be garbage for a half, the first three quarters, and then light it up in the fourth. You know, he never lacks confidence. So it's it's gonna be a tough series. But I, in my opinion, I got Bucks in five. Bucks in five. Yeah. This is a tough one for me too, man. But something that you said there that stuck out with me is that. That the Hawks were able to take advantage of uh, Doc Rivers' lack of adjustments. And I think about Milwaukee, and I think about the series that they just had with the Nets. And I think about how Budenhoser had all the all the pieces to to beat the Nets. You had a, a depleted Nets team that, that I, I thought Milwaukee should have easily rolled over. I mean, you had Kevin Durant playing the best basketball of his career, in my opinion. But even still, you definitely had... More, way more talent, way more depth. Even with mi- missing Dante Divincenzo, you were playing against an injured Harden. You were playing against a team that didn't have Kyrie Irving. I feel like Budenhoser, they won in spite of Budenhoser to a degree. I didn't love the adjustments that he made. I felt like I would have put Giannis on KD way sooner in the series, even though we saw KD give it to Giannis early in Brooklyn. I still would have stuck that out. I mean, you you have Giannis, who is the defensive player of the year, all NBA, uh, all NBA player, all NBA defense. He should have been on KD significantly more than he was. Uh, so it, it it worries me for sure against the Hawks, especially with the way that the Hawks are right now. They're healthy, other than DeAndre Hunter and and your boy Cam Reddish, uh, where De- they're going to miss DeAndre Hunter this season, this series against uh, Middleton for sure. But I just feel like I'm looking at the Hawks right now. They're one of the hottest teams in the NBA. You could debate that it's between them and the Suns for hottest team right now. I would lean Phoenix just because uh, they're they're going through a little bit tougher competition right now. Uh, but you look at the Hawks. The Hawks are playing overall great basketball on all ends, uh, all sides of the basketball. 
Uh, you look at Bogdanovich, who struggled these last few games, and they still won in spite of that. Uh, you have a coach, right? You have a coach like Nate McMillan, who who completely changed the culture over in Atlanta. And I am easily, if if we're going strictly a coach coaching matchup, I'm taking Nate McMillan every day of the week. Uh, with all that being said, I still think Giannis and Middleton are going to be too much for the Hawks to handle inside. I just don't think they have the size to beat the Bucks. However, this series is going to be a lot better than what what my boy Riv is thinking that it's going to be. I feel like the Bucks are going to take this, but it might go the distance. I think that the Bucks are going to win this one in seven. And I didn't even answer your question, Trey Young. I mentioned this on the last podcast actually, but Trey Young. I feel like there is no one right now on planet Earth that could stop this man, Trey Young. Right now, there's no one that could stop him. Maybe a healthy Kawhi. Oh, okay. That's it. Yeah. He's the that, only one make right that now. Clear. I, I, if I didn't, I know <laughs> yeah. you would have said something. But Trey Young is just wait until you see PJ Tucker on him. Yeah, you think so too? That's yeah. an aggressive young man. He is. He definitely <laughs> is aggressive. But I feel like Trey would get his calls too because Trey they're is not, smart they're, enough. They're letting them play. I agree, playoffs. but but KD's not the type where other than that swipe through. Well, of course that swipe through move is what that changed basketball too. But Trey Young, I feel like. He's adjusted to how the NBA's played, where his size he uses to his advantage, where that's where he, what he uses to draw a significant amount of his fouls. Mm. But Drew Holiday benefited from Harden being injured because if if Harden was a hundred percent, there's no doubt in my mind Harden's cooking him. There's no one I don't see anyone guarding Harden the way that Drew Holiday looked like he guarded Harden in that series. Drew oh. he, Harden's injury made Drew Holiday look like. The best defender in the league, like you mentioned. This is what I got to say. You know, Trey Young has been phenomenal, but I think this is the matchup where he has a tough series. I thought it was last one because Thibel, Ben Simmons, Sixers had the personnel. They just didn't execute on it. I mean, they held Trey Young to some bad halves. They just couldn't keep it up. Yeah. I think Drew Holiday can keep it up. I'm not worried about Middleton because he's a guy that any any team he plays in any series, he always gets to his spots. He always gets his shots. For sure. He just misses. That's really what it's been. You look at his home versus away numbers. Away, he's so he much more Brooklyn worse. Up at home. That's true. He That's true. Up but the home. thing Middleton's been amazing. I'm surprised you, you uh, feel this on the way. road. On the road, on the he's, road he's not been amazing, and he gets the same shots. He just misses. So Middleton, I'm not. I, I don't think you need a lockdown defender on Middleton. He's he's either gonna make it or miss it. I mean, that's who he is. And. Until this season, in the playoffs, he's been missing in the playoffs a lot. But I do think now it's changing. You know, Hawks, they have a lot of offense. Bogey, Collins, Gallinari, Huter. A lot of shooters. Herder, my fault. That's okay. And Capella. But like you mentioned earlier, before the pot, I think, that there's nobody on on the Hawks that can stop Giannis. Capella can't do it. Maybe they can try and build a wall with Gallinari. Uh, I was going to say, Collins, Collins Capella, Capella wall is the only thing I can think of. Who you putting of. at the top? You need a, you need a, 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 a wing, a, like a, not a speedy wing, but a versatile wing at the top. I guess Bogdanovich or Hoarder. It's too small. I'm, I agree. Too Listen, that's why I feel like Milwaukee is going to be too much for him to handle. Okay. I, think, I just think that this series is not going to distance. I think this is a sweep. Ooh. Out of respect for, for the Ooh. Hawks and Trey, I might give them a game, mm. but I think this is a sweep. When you just look at the Hawks versus the Bucks, starting lineup versus starting lineup, you got Trey Bogdanovich, Herder, Collins, and Capella. Look at the Bucks, Holiday versus Trey. That's going to, um, that's even because Trey is better. But I think Holiday will really neutralize him 
Middleton, Bogdanovich. I'm giving that to Middleton. Yep. Tucker and Herter. I'm taking Tucker in that to be a great defensive player. I think they can switch everything. Tucker can even be on Bogdanovich. Giannis versus Collins. That's Giannis. Lopez versus Capella. Lopez can space the floor and he's a good rim protector. I'm giving that to Lopez. So I think the Bucks just have a way better roster. And even with their lack of adjustments, I don't think this is a series where they need to adjust much mm-hmm. because Giannis is going to be unstoppable. Middleton is going to be really good. And the Hawks, I don't think they have the defense to guard Milwaukee. So I think this is a sweep. I just don't want to count them out. I mean, because when you said Middleton, I, I, like I, what I saw uh, against uh, Bucks and Nets, it was a lot of possessions where Bruce Brown made it really, really tough on Middleton. You know, him losing the ball, him taking some really horrible shots. You know, so I think if they would have had maybe like a DeAndre Hunter type of guy, you know, six seven strong, it would have been really tough. But like you said, Middleton plays really, really well. I don't know what's he's kind of like Paul George. He plays really well at home, and on the road, he just sucks. So I think this series, you know, it's like the Bucks can switch everything. So aside from obviously Brooke Lopez on Trey Young, but mm-hmm. for the most part, when they go small, they can switch everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even small because Giannis is seven feet mm-hmm. tall. So I think Hawks are just going to try to, you know, go offense for offense because, you know, the Bucks didn't shoot well from the three-point line against the Nets, and they're a really good three-point shooting team. So they were missing shots too. So I think the Hawks are just going to try to out-offense them because they're a really, really good offensive team. If by any if I don't think it'll happen, but if Trey Young does have a historic series and manages oh, to gotta, pull this series out, to talk about. No he That's not I mean lot. this puts him over so many guys. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot NBA to talk about. Right we're gonna here. have so a Dan? lot to talk about. Yes, that that would Bro, be debatable. We're gonna have a lot to talk about over your boy too. Which one? Your boy, the only one I talk about. AD. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my. God. <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> Do something, please. Over your guy. Trey could be better than AD. Oh, my God. Who would you take? Who would you take to build a roster on? Easily take Trey. 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 Okay. Okay. Not stupid. I know you. <laughs> <laughs> to build a roster? I mean, bro, he's how old? 22? AD is 26. But he's injury. He's an in, he's in like an old 26. He's built like an old man. Yeah. He get he could like blink his eyes and get hurt. He's so soft. But he's amazing at basketball. It's crazy because you guys asked, uh, well, like a couple weeks ago, who's more important, Trey or Devin Booker? And then we might see them in the finals. That's freaking insane. Somebody Devin, commented Devin and said it, it, that's going to be the finals matchup. Wow. I disagree, but it, it could it's not happen. too far fetched. Yeah, it's really going to happen. Budenhoser has choked so many times in the past and refused to make adjustments. It would not surprise me if Nate McMillan outcoached him and won this series. Every time, hold on. Every time he's choked, was he honest the best player in the series? Aside from Miami. Toronto, obviously, Eileen Kawhi. And then... Miami, he was the best player. Um, and then Brooklyn, it was going to be KD, but then, you know... But Giannis showed up. Giannis, aside from KD's egregious scoring where he was just night in, night out, putting up 35 with his eyes closed, Giannis did everything. Yeah. Giannis did everything this series. Giannis really came up. He said, all right, you know what? I, I'm going to praise KD. I'm going to say he's the best player in the world, but... I'm no slouch, even though I didn't like those yeah, comments. I, know, I, know. He, I just hope he, that the Suns make the finals and not the Clippers because I think the Bucks would trample the Clippers in I the agree. finals. I agree. Wholeheartedly, I think the I Suns have the best chance to beat with them. With Kawhi, it's a good series, but without no, Kawhi... No, no comment, yeah. man. I ain't going to get you into know that. It's the truth. That's, you got to stop. 
Without Kawhi, bro, it's bro, not even close. Bro. Trample? Trample. Four games. Four. Four games. Okay. I ain't going to say nothing because we got to get past Phoenix first. I was going to say because this is about to be a four-game series. Well, Phoenix is an offensive machine. They're amazing. Yeah. And without CP3. We have Pat Bev guarding Booker. What do you want me to do? There's That's nothing I can do about chicken. that. Yeah, Barbecue chicken, man. Haters. I'm not hating. I'm being real. Listen, yeah. I if I was a hater, I'd be saying Paul George is bad. I, I, I'm not. I mean, trample though. That's crazy. Bucks. I don't think the Clippers have a chance against the Bucks in the finals. They don't have a chance against the Suns. We like we don't even have to be talking about this. You don't think we have a chance against the Suns? No. Okay. Okay. So you think they're gonna sweep us? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a five six game series. Five? It could go five. Yeah. All right. It depends. It Listen, depends. this was the best you guys could have played last game. We're off topic a little bit. But the best you guys could have played. We, had a, we, had, a, we had a day's rest. We were You saw we were true, dead true, legs. True. We still put up 114. But points. sometimes time's not always the best thing. Yeah, yeah that is true. But we we just came out of a grueling, grueling game. So we had to come back like 22 points. For sure. Game six. For sure. Pardon me. Game six, we had to come back from 22 points. Milwaukee and Atlanta get the little two, three-day break. We mm. got a day break. Mm. Tired, man. Okay. We'll be back, though. Six uh, games. Six games. I didn't say we were going to win. Just, <laughs> okay. I didn't say we were going to win. Six games, though. The Clippers beat the Utah Jazz in the second round in six games, and the Jazz had a 2-0 lead in that series, and a lot of people are putting the blame on Rudy Gobert as the reason to why the Jazz lost the series. So simple. How can the Utah Jazz improve this offseason? What do they need to do? Just to let you guys know, their free agents are Mike Conley and George Niang. So I'm guessing they need to sign back Mike Conley, but I'm curious to know what you guys think the Jazz should do this offseason to get over the hump. Realistically, I think they just everything they need to do is up here. You know, I think they've already eclipsed that good to great regular season team. I think they've officially become a great regular season team. Now it's can they become a great playoff team? You know, we've seen them in the past beat OKC, lose to Houston twice, I believe, back-to-back years. Last year, blow a 3-1 lead. This year, you know, they had they was 2-2, Kawhi goes down. They blow both games. They was up 20 in game six. They lose. So I think they've seen all the adversity. They've seen all the downfalls. And I think now it's up here in the mentality to keep getting better and becoming that great playoff team. Now, I, I think... People saying that Rudy Gobert was the problem, people saying that didn't watch the game. It's not that Rudy Gobert was the problem. It's that the Jazz don't have enough good wing defenders. So when they get beat, Rudy Gobert has to help. I think that is one of the problems that the Jazz have. They need more wing defenders. You know, I think they need guys on the wing that can guard multiple positions that could guard big wings like Paul George, like Kawhi. Royce O'Neal is a good defender, but he's they're only like both. You're right. Granted, Bojan or Bojan, Bojan, he played good defense on Kawhi, but he's not a guy you're going to put on him every night. You need another guy. He's an offensive guy. Yeah, and you need a small ball big, I think. I think Derek Favors was completely useless. You know, I remember I was looking up on StatMuse, and I put his name in, and it said not available. So that's he's really just a useless player. They need to find a small ball big somebody where Rudy Gobert – is being used, he's being ineffective. You can put out a guy who's still as effective and can put out some numbers and can get them, keep them in the game. So I think those are the two main problems because you guys, guys, you got guys out there guarding Kawhi and PG and they're not big enough or they're not strong enough or they're not fast enough. And Rudy Gobert has to help every time. Even Reggie Jackson, who's killing y'all and you don't have enough wing defenders. So I think that was definitely one of the problems because Rudy Gobert helps. 
I mean, the the thing with that though is that how can you really get a wing defender to replace somebody in the starting lineup? Because yeah. Boyan is not sitting. Mitchell is not sitting. If they bring back Conley, he's not sitting. Yeah, that's the tough part. You know, who's going to the only person you could take their place in the starting lineup is Royce O'Neal, and he's their best defender in the lineup on the perimeter. So it makes it tough, and you're yeah. right. Gobert has to has to help all these drives, and I don't know what Utah Jazz were doing. They were they were they were either playing a three two zone or they were playing four guys play man, and like it was a weird defense because from what I saw, it was four guys on the perimeter were sticking on one man. And Rudy helps, and Rudy was just in the middle of the paint the entire time and signaling for guys to guard two people and just helping on drives. And because of that, the Clippers got any three they wanted. He was late on closeouts, and Gobert had a really bad plus-minus. But I think everybody ragging on Gobert is, for one, Gobert, I think, has become the most hated player in the NBA. Not probably not the most hated, but one of the most at Top least. Five, definitely. Because whenever he does something wrong, it's magnified, and everybody likes to make jokes about it. But whenever he's playing phenomenal basketball, everybody's quiet. Nobody talks about it. Same thing with Paul George. Nobody, well, he's been playing phenomenal. Nobody even cares. Yeah. So Rudy Gobert, he still deserved DPOY, but I think this was really more on Quinn Snyder and his coaching. I mean, for every single coach that blows a lead in the playoffs, we always say it's the coach. Doc Rivers blows, blows a lead. Oh, it's Doc Rivers. It's not the players. Quinn Snyder blows a 3-1 lead against Denver last year and now blows a 2-0 lead this year against the Clippers without Kawhi, and all of a sudden, oh, it's not it's Gobert, it's not Quinn Snyder, it can't be him. That's ridiculous. I agree. They need a small ball five or an agile five. <laughs> Names I was thinking, Torrey Craig, P.J. Tucker, and I Yo, thought... I, nah, I, mean, I was thinking P.J. Tucker is popping up. It's crazy. Because P.J. Tucker is, is, Tucker is one of the fit. more valuable players yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. But also, I, I would just <laughs> think an agile five. Maybe they can yeah. get Daniel Tice. That would that wouldn't be too bad. He can also stretch the floor. Zach Collins, you know, he's been injury prone, but when when healthy, when he does play, he's a good defender. Or Nerlens Noel, mm. Nerlens Noel would be a perfect player for them. I think he can guard the perimeter somewhat decent. Good enough. He's a good shot blocker. He would be really good for them. And I just don't think you can have two lineups out there, or you can have like the thing with the Jazz is that they don't have any lineups that can play small. It's either go bear or favors at the five. That's it. Mm-hmm. They don't have any lines that can play small. They, tried they have Niang to get lineups and it was to get small. I also read some articles about maybe them trying to trade for a player and some names that came up were Covington, Daniel House, and Thomas Sadaransky. Because I also think a backup point guard mm. is also lacking for them. I like Ingles. I like Clarkson. But they need another ball handler because if Mike Conley gets injured – like he did against this series. Now you only have Ingles and Mitchell, nobody else. Yeah, that, Mitchell yeah. got doubled because there was no other ball handler on the team that can really the do it. The problem anything. with that is Clarkson takes every shot he gets. So that's he's not he's a ball handler, but he's not really a ball handler. He's, nah, more he's of a, a shooting shot. guard. He's a yeah. shot taker. And also some free agents, Danny Green, James Johnson wouldn't be bad. Trevor Ariza, Tony Snell, Reggie Bullock. Maybe they go after Josh Hart, who would be a good defender for them as well. I mean, there are some options. Is so. Rondo a free agent or is he under contract? He's under contract. He's a I player option. Okay. I mean, I'm looking at this Jazz team, and I really I hear what you guys are saying. They could probably use a little bit more defense, but really, what more do they need? They got just said it for real. But other than <laughs> other than other than defense, I mean, you have one of the best 
ball players in basketball right now in Donovan Mitchell. You have arguably the best defender in basketball on your team in Rudy Gobert. You have the number one three-pointing team, uh, three-point shooting team in the NBA. Uh, you have Joe Ingles, Bogdanovich, uh, Jordan Clarkson, all these guys that could get you a bucket whenever they need to. Joe, Joe Ingles, obviously lesser of the three, but he could still get you a bucket too. I just look at this squad, and the only thing that really sticks out to me is, like you mentioned, Quinn Schneider. He refused to make adjustments last season, refused to make adjustments this season. He gets a break with Kawhi going down to injury, unfortunately. You would think that this series was in the bag, just did not, they did not seize the moment at all. And I, I just, I'm baffled that they, they couldn't get by a, a Clippers team without their best player. I just don't know what more they could do to, to, to better this squad, truthfully. I think Mike Conley being out was huge for them. And I, you guys laughed at me. But when I before the podcast the other day, when I said it, I meant it. The Clippers without Kawhi and the Jazz without Conley are an even team. That's an even matchup. Obviously, Kawhi is a much better player than Conley, but Mike Conley to the Jazz is such a pivotal piece. The Clippers He's beat them with Mike Conley, though. Game six. But injured I, on a yeah. hamstring. I mean, if you play, you play, though. Like I, I agree, but I disagree, on. too. And they was up 22. Like you can't even oh, defend it's, it's, that. It's inexcusable. Yeah, they were, you can't they even were defend clapping that. He played the Clippers. It. They were clapping them. Wait. Yeah. They. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was game five that, or game no, six. No, that was game, game six, six, bro. Mike bro, Conley up, jumped in the oh, lineup, bro, and they know, were they up twenty eight. They were up twenty eight. They were up thirty at they a point. They were up twenty eight and lost. Quinn Schneider deserves all the blame, no doubt yeah, about it. That was it. like a you can't even. You were one hundred percent right there. Quinn Schneider did you nothing. You thought that was game five? I thought that was game five. He <laughs> was that's killing them. Bro, game Terrence Mann went to yeah, a Terrence, different universe. That's what happened. Yeah, you're right. You're Rudy right. Gobert was leaving man open in the corner. He's just hitting shots. Yeah, because they're like, playing. What some is Rudy Gobert supposed defense. to do about that? He, he can't guard a, a guy but like that's, man. That's the weird defense but, they and, were playing, and that's what uh, you're one hundred percent right there. They need a type of guard type. Forward, you know what I mean? PJ. So the wing, exactly. Small ball PJ, exactly. PJ would be perfect. PJ would be perfect for a lot of so teams. So do we, are they, they should definitely, we all agree they should bring Mike Conley back. I think so. I think so. I think so. What team in the NBA wouldn't want PJ Tucker? The Bulls. No, I think you the guys Thunder. want him. I think any team that's tanking, or not tanking, rebuilding doesn't want him. I think all the contenders. Suns? I don't I think, think the Suns. No, the Suns want him. The Suns would definitely I think all contenders. Why do you say, I mean, they have a guy like, Obviously, I think he's better than Tory Crab, Craig, and he would do do more than what okay. Craig does. Okay, I think every contender. Think would of like want a guy like Jay Crowder. Like obviously, PJ Crowder and Tucker is better. Are the same, honestly, yeah, you put both of them down low. I think Crowder. That's what I'm saying. That's why they defender. don't need him. That's why they don't need PJ Tucker. You think Crowder's a better defender? No, that, I no. Think well, Tucker's oh, a better. Oh, okay. Yeah, you just got your names mixed up. Crowder's a better offensive player, but really not by much. He's, he's just a trigger happy guy. Like he just shoots. PJ Tucker's his shots inconsistent. He's just a. Crowder would shoot from anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Though. PJ's just a corner guy. That's he, why. He that's why through. I say the Suns wouldn't need him when they have a guy, a lesser version well, of him on Tory defense. He can take Craig's spot. That's true. Or Sarek. Sarek. I like. Sarek. I like Sarek's size. He got killed by Boogie. I mean, Boogie's stronger than him, bigger than. him. I don't him. think he's bullying PJ like that. PJ's mad strong. But I, Boogie's big, dude. PJ's big. He's just short. But he's a big guy. He is pretty strong for he is sure. Pretty big. Yeah. So it's like. That would be great for the Jazz because Derek Favors does oh, nothing no, on the court. Be he's bulky. That would be enormous. Yeah. Oh, I'm with Derek you. Favors is just a be out fit. there, bro. He's just running. He needs to be off an NBA squad. I didn't say all that, but I'm saying he just does a lot he of stinks. running. 
Yeah, I mean, he stinks. He used to be the third overall. He was the third overall yeah, pick. I he was actually but. the Nets guy, wasn't he? The Nets, yeah, yeah, he's the Nets guy. He was, he was the cornerstone for the Darren Williams trade. Oh God. That's I guess hilarious. you'll take that, right? I mean, yeah, at this point. He was actually good at one point in his life. What, like two seasons, three seasons on Utah? That's good enough than a lot of guys. Better than a lot of guys. Two, three seasons. Fair enough. Fair enough. But for the number three pick, whatever it what was. What do you want him to do, bro? He's a bust. I want him to be good. <laughs> the Philadelphia 76ers have a decision to make this offseason. Oh, boy. <laughs> Can't wait. They got upset by the Atlanta Hawks. We all know that they lost in game seven. <laughs> They blew two leads in, I believe, game five and game four. Wasn't it three in a row? No. they So they won. It was two in a row. Oh, two in a row. They blew game one, won they game have what, two. I know they have like top 10 biggest leads blown in the playoffs, right? NBA history? Yeah, I think they That's did. That's crazy. No I think Doc has like five on there. Oh, that. Because the Clippers oh, 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 oh. and, yep. uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we all know years. the 76ers have a lot of decisions to make. And some people think they should fire Doc Rivers some people think they should trade Ben Simmons, no doubt about it. And some think they should do both. What do you guys think? Should the Sixers fire Doc Rivers, trade Ben Simmons, or do both? I think with Doc Rivers, we saw Joel Embiid have the best season of his NBA career. I think we saw Philly turn into that great team in the regular season, become a number one seed, granted injuries, but they've had their fair share. I think we saw an improvement in a lot of people's games. So I think Doc Rivers should stay but ben has to go i think ben's surprise surprise you know ben's stock is a little low right now but i think you can still i keep saying seeing everybody say ben for cj ben for cj and i'm a little 50 50 on that you know i think cj brings in another a a different dynamic to the offense you know he's a really good shooter at the three-point line he's a guy who can get his bucket at the mid-range he can go to the basket he can run the pick and roll really well you know it, it may lack on defense but on offense you get a big big Offense, you get a big, big, big upgrade. So I think, but Ben has to go. I think you've reached your ceiling with him. I think at this point, you know, Ben being a guy whose limitations are at this point just mental, and he doesn't. And there's actually a report. I hate using Stephen A. Smith, but there was a report saying that Ben Simmons actually gets coddled a lot. He doesn't work out. He just is off pure raw talent. So if you get a guy, you got a guy like that who doesn't work on his game, who doesn't try to elevate his game, his teammates. You got to ship him out. And I think at this point, him being 25 years old, if I'm not mistaken, 24. 24 years old, he's still young. I'm sure a lot of teams would bank on a guy who is considered around the league and a lead defender, a really good playmaker. So I think you can get something of good value to him, but I think you need somebody that revolves around Joel and beat a guy who can get a bucket just like him and who can run up there with him and Tobias Harris and fit into that group they have right now. So this is tough for me. Of course it is. It is tough. Can't lie. Show the camera what you're wearing. Also, oh, that's a, a Ben Simmons shirt. It is. Wow. Listen, I'm a good sport. You have a bad take. You have an interesting take. I won't say bad. It's an interesting take. You just got to go down with the ship. It is what it is. <laughs> that being said, this is a this is a tough question for me because before this morning, I felt like either would be an overreaction. Doing either would be an overreaction. More so on the Doc side. It's Doc's first season. His first season with Philadelphia he makes him the one seed. You see Joel Embiid have a breakout year. This is easily the best basketball we've seen Joel Embiid play on both sides of the court. You see other role players start to really learn their role within the squad. And you just have one piece that was consistent all regular season, but come postseason, completely changed the way that his game or his approach to the game. You have Ben Simmons, who 
you watch game seven, there were moments where I, I felt like, you know, Ben just missing his shots. He just, he, he, this was the most we've seen him be aggressive for whatever that was the first three quarters of the game. He went two for 16. He did not take an, uh, an attempt in the fourth quarter. He had a blatant attempt for a dunk in the, in the, in the fourth quarter on Trey Young that was wide open. And instead of taking the dunk, which would have probably propelled Philly, who knows, to, to, to maybe a win. Completely, you're at home. They're one of the more dominant teams at home over the last few seasons. You see a guy like Ben who's been struggling, throw it down, down the stretch of the fourth quarter, would have changed everything. But instead, he sees Trey Young, takes, he, he shits himself a little bit, passes the ball inexcusable it makes no sense like it, there's no doubt about it he should have done he should have dunked that basketball now you hear Stephen A's comments this morning and you hear lacks work ethic that was from a source he said from source and source. and we know Stephen A's history of text messages aka Kyrie and and KD going to the Knicks but regardless Stephen A's <laughs> pre, he's well respected um you hear that he he, he needs he's nurtured way too much uh, he has a bad game. He needs to be babied. He needs someone in his ear telling him all the time that he's the best. It's hard to hear things like that. You're a grown man. I understand you're 24 in NBA. You're a kid. You're a grown man. Get it together. Come on. And listen, I still, I still love Ben Simmons' ceiling. I mean, he, 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 if he gets out of his own head, he could really be special. But what I saw from him that game seven was sad. It was hard to watch. And so I feel like if any of the two were to happen, it it unfortunately have to be Ben getting traded. But it it was one it was one series where he completely shut down and he was the worst he's ever been. If he really gets his mind right, if he really cares about the grind, he goes this offseason and works. But how many how many times are we gonna say that now? You know what I mean? So I feel like if anything, I, I'm gonna defend Doc here. I think the Ben, you leaning towards a trade makes a lot of sense, especially because if he doesn't come to work next season, you're not getting anything for him. Mm. You're getting nothing. This this offseason, at least he was an all NBA uh, de- uh, all uh, defensive player of the year. Excuse me, all defense team. He was he, top 3 in the voting. Top 3 in, in the def- uh, defensive player of the year voting as well. It's like he's he's done things in the past. He was an all NBA player. He's made the All-Star team two years in a row. This guy has the accolades for a trade package. But if he doesn't go to, uh, into the gym next season and really work on his game, there's nothing you can get for him. Should have been in the gym now. You know, the thing about it is that everybody now is starting to see Ben Simmons for who he is. Oh boy. But I've this been on this. This God isn't <laughs> this this isn't new for me. We had a segment on the podcast four months ago oh. that talked about will Ben Simmons ever reach his ceiling with the Sixers? And I said, absolutely not. Mm. I said he was a better version of Draymond. And I regret those comments because he's not even Draymond. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons isn't even close to Draymond. I, I would take Draymond 10 times out of 10 over Ben Simmons. Day, I always yeah. knew Ben Simmons wasn't going to be player. that guy because Ben he's always been lacking that aggressiveness. And when we first started the podcast, back when this studio was red, <laughs> one of our first segments was who should, who should Philly trade, Ben Simmons or Embiid? 
That was a thing. I picked Ben Simmons. They should trade him. So I don't this, remember who I picked. That's obvious, though. I mean, I mean, for me at the time, it really wasn't. No, it was people really were really debate. debating it. It was really a debate. Only because Ben. I mean, it was before me, this year. Had injury issues. That'd be the only reason you. Ben Simmons. The most shots he took this series was eleven. He had eighteen, four, and seven that game. But then his last three games: game seven, game six, game five. He shot four shots, six shots, and four shots. Something's definitely wrong. They shouldn't fire Doc Rivers. This series is not on Doc Rivers. He led them to the first seed. He put them in position to win. Embiid, Embiid all, all, playing on a meniscus tear. That was crazy. I mean, He's he played him. amazing. This is a personnel issue and an effort issue. And can some of that be on the coaching? Yes. But I think Ben Simmons just brings this team down. There are some people who just have dark clouds over them and wherever they go, they just ruin the energy of everybody else. That's Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is the guy Call that bad vibe guy. Ben Simmons is the guy that when he joins your PlayStation um, party, you kick him out <laughs> and then you put the party on private so he doesn't come back. One of those guys. Ben Simmons is a bad vibe for this Sixers team. He should be dealt. And I have some, I have some trade packages. Obviously, CJ McCollum is one of them. But let's not talk about that because that's been the most popular one everywhere Mm -hmm. i have this one ben simmons to the sacramento kings for buddy healed that's it maybe they can get marvin bagley in return so you mean why would i I do that why would i do that buddy healed now now the sixers who's their ball handler they can find one easily so you mean they're gonna roll out a big three of joel and b tobias and buddy Healed? no you can you can have they're still gonna have seth seth buddy tobias buddy's a walking cone Buddy Heald inconsistent as Buddy Heald shoots forty percent. Let me hear. Let me, it's let me some hear nights, other one. It's some nights he's Clay Thompson. Some nights he's. That's Buddy really Heald. the only one I have. Some nights that's, that's a good comparison. That's the only one the I stats, have. It's true. You know, if I were the it's Sixers, true. some some nights he's Clay, aka he doesn't miss. But, other but nights he's Buddy Heald. Clay locks, bro. You gotta remember I'm that just part. Talking offensively. Oh, okay. This is what I think. Buddy Heald wouldn't be bad for Ben Simmons because that he's a forty percent three point shooter. You, if if I was the Sixers. I would look into that trade, maybe get a second player for maybe get a second player, Buddy Heald and somebody else. I don't know who that's gonna be, just somebody else. And I'd have a starting lineup of Seth. I think he can run the one. You have Seth, Danny Green is not gonna be there. So Buddy Heald starts at the two, Matisse at the three, Tobias at the four, and then beat at the five. So you have Matisse who can be that defender. And then it's just going to be an offensive team. They're going to have to Bro, play. Bro, that team is terrible. I don't like it at all. I don't think that all. team is terrible. I don't like I it I think at they're all. better that than with two walking cones. And Matisse is not a starter, truthfully. Yeah. Not a starter. Yes, he he's, he's just like Ben Simmons on offense, bro. He's not. No, he's not. He, he takes a shot. It doesn't. It's, he could take uh, the shot, but still not make it. Uh, I don't know about that one. That that lineup. Those are two walking cones in the backcourt. Then you got Matisse and then Tobias. That's tough. Need a guard. Need a one. Need a the guard. Thing is that, this is the thing. Sometimes players need to change the scenery. Yeah. Buddy Healed, I don't think he's limited physically to where he can't be a good defender. If he's I just playing, think he won't. If he he's averages, playing, I think, over a steal and a half a game. Doesn't matter. If play he's playing defense. on a team that wins and there's something to play for, you think I think he'd deep? play defense. I still think they need a playmaker. I think you can one. find that in free agency. To start or just come off the bench? Maybe to start. This season, you could find a playmaker? Kyle Lowry could be one of those guys. That's a good one. Okay. I would like, I like that. that. I would like that I like more. That. Yeah, I would like that at the one. I like that. Seth and Buddy at the one and two. Word, I Not agree. Not feeling that. that. 
with the your initial lineup I didn't like, but you throw now Kyle Lowry. Now that you're putting you th- Kyle yeah, Lowry in the correct. mix. You throw Kyle Lowry in there with Seth, with Buddy, with Tobias, Ben. That lineup sucks too. One of them has to come up the bench. Sucks is strong. One of them has to come Ooh. up the bench. You're putting Buddy at the three? Make Seth come off the bench. Or Buddy. Doesn't matter. Yeah, you could, you probably could have Seth come off the bench yeah. and then you have run Cork the, run Maz the, maybe yeah, run, run the, it. Yeah. Him and George Hill run the bench. Yeah, I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. You don't think Tyrese Maxey can grow to be the starting one? Oh, I agree. That's a good one. What's, what's unfortunate is too. last show I was thinking, I was like, you know what? Maxey was so solid against the Wizards. I don't understand why they're not playing him He more. plays defense. They so. gave him two. There was like single digit minutes in, in the first however many games He's he rookie. played. I get well, it. These but are he the was, players. He was significant. These are the players in free agency that they could target that are guards. Uh, Derrick Rose, maybe. Lonzo Ball, Dinwiddie, Patty Mills. Lonzo's a free shooter. agent, yeah. unrestricted. Um, Lonzo's going to demand money. Garon Dragic has a team option that is eighteen million. I Miami declines him. that probably. Lowry, Conley, and CP3. Lonzo absolutely would be perfect. Lonzo's going to demand a lot of money. I don't think Philly has it. See, for me, because they, they they're would paying be Tobias and be the max. agreed, but so they're they're paying they Ben get, the max. If, if also, they get Buddy. Buddy's a twenty million dollar man. That's that's a fact. That's why for me, I think you can even have Maxi, Buddy, Thibault, Tobias. I'd rather that. Yeah, I'd rather and that. And then Seth off the bench. You yeah. know, I think. Do you think Maxi Max- could be a starter? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I think so. Okay. No doubt I like about Ma- it. I like Maxi. Here we go. <laughs> no doubt about no it. No doubt about it. No, this, but I, I love Maxi's game, but I think Buddy Heald, he can space the floor for Embiid, and that's what they need. If you got guys who can really space the floor. That would be great for Embiid, and I think it would be good for them. It would be a really good lineup. One thing I will say, and this is the only thing I will say to defend Ben, that's it, because there's no other defending Ben. In this game, I saw a lot of Ben driving to the basket, him drawing the double team, him kicking out to his boys, and his boys missing wide open shots. No, he's a good playmaker. And he had 13 assists. He's a good playmaker. He had 13 assists, and his boys were just missing wide open shots. Did you watch his post game? Uh, Ben's after they lost, I completely lost. Did you watch his post game? No, when he brought up I, the nets. I actually, yeah, I did. I did. When he brought up the nets, it's that type of mentality, bro. Like, I just, it's just like, why are oh, you talking about? His soft. His why mentally, are you talking about soft. the nets? Why are you talking about? I had thirteen assists. How much did Trey shoot? Trey was burning you for most of the series, bro. no doubt. So it's like, bro. Ben came to play game seven, except for the fact he was not aggressive, and that's what's and, been the problem. One hundred percent of life. I'm Agreed. reading. I'm reading this article right now because I just typed in Buddy Hill defense. And it's talking about true or false Buddy Heel defensive narrative. Mm. It talks about how he's a good on-ball defender, but he just lacks understanding on help defense. <sighs> but the thing about him is that I think in Philly he could become a way better defender, and he's not just a spot-up shooter. He's one of those guys where you can no, get yeah, the ball no, to, yeah, sure. and he can create a bucket. He I'm can get you. a basket. I mean, he Sacramento, he averaged 20 points per game. You got Tobias and Peeled who can average 20, with Embiid who can average 30. Now you got something. And Sacramento you got, is, a, is a very high-powered offense. Now yeah. you got something. I, I think Buddy Heald would really thrive in Philly. I would love that for them. And I think if they can't get McCollum, because I think McCollum could play the one as well, mm-hmm. they should get Buddy Heald and then just move Maxie to the one or sign a veteran point guard to be that one. You just lose that size and you lose that playmaking uh, ability. That's the only thing that worries me. He was six five. Give yeah, it up with six, the that's give it up with the size. 6, the size did nothing. It does I mean, nothing. He, he did his thing against Trey Young. What did he do? Oh, one game, game seven. People forget that Tobias Harris is a really good rebounder. Agreed. He he's a really good rebounder. And then they so, have Joel Embiid. Yeah, Embiid sure. and Harris. I think Thibault can really develop into a starter. He needs to develop that. Three he ball. needs an offensive game. He just Any needs a three ball. 
you know, he does need a three ball, but I think the gravity of Harris and Heal will kind of mask Thibel a little bit because Thibel just has to be the defender. He just has to be the Andre Roberson of the team, if we're being honest. Yeah, but Andre Roberson that, was, was damaging them because but, of the fact that you can leave him wide open. But Roberson was not even close to the three-point shooter. Thibel. That's what I'm saying. He's more advanced. Yeah. But I thought personally that Tobias Embiid could mask Ben Simmons' inability to score the basketball, right. and that was wrong. But Ben Simmons is the ball handler. Thibel is not. He's a guy who's going to... Just be a role player. Put him so in the corner. It's not as important. Okay. Okay. It's not as important, you know, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. Boy, it's poop. I think Buddy Hield would be good. I, I That's just me like personally. Poop. No, boy, it's poop. We'll see. Some blockbuster news happened right earlier now? in the week. No, last week. Okay. And right now, some blockbuster news did happen. Carl Nassib's jersey has been the top-selling jersey today and yesterday. That's lit. Yeah, he that's came out lit. as a... As he came out as gay yesterday, and now... He has a top selling jersey. That's Good for cool. him. For real. So th- last week there was a blockbuster trade in the NBA, the Kemba Walker trade. Kemba Walker got traded to OKC. OKC got Kemba and the 16th overall pick. And Boston got Al Horford Mo- and Moses Brown. Boston and OKC also received another pick, but they're really not important at this point in time. Um, but yeah, I mean, who do you think won this Kemba Walker trade? If you guys don't mind, I'll go first, and I think it was OKC. And I think it was OKC because not only do you get back Al Horford, who I think was a good defender for them in their time at Boston. Wait, wait, get no, back? You're saying, you're saying they get they got back Al Horford. No, no OKC, OKC didn't get back Al Horford. They traded Al Horford. No, Boston got back Al Horford. You said, yeah, you said OKC up, won. You messed us up. Okay, okay, Brody. I think Boston won the trade because they got oh, back Al okay. Horford. Yep. You yes. said OKC won the trade at first. That's why. You yeah, just got mixed up. Yeah, I, I, I'll look okay. it back. I'm not no sure. I'll look it back at the film and see where I made my mistakes and build off that. Al Horford was a really good defender for Boston in his time. And in OKC last year, he averaged 14 and 7. So he can still play. He's not a bum. He, even though his time in Philly was really bad, now we're kind of seeing it was probably more of Ben Simmons than Al Horford. Because yeah. I think Al Horford in Atlanta, in this Atlanta series, would have been really good for them if it wasn't for Ben Simmons. So that's a topic for another day. <laughs> Al Horford is going to be their starting center again, I believe. Deservedly so. And now it's just about them getting a starting point guard. And I really love this trade because they got Moses Brown, who's 7'2", who has a lot of potential. And we had a topic about him earlier in the season on the podcast because he was having some really 23 great— 23 and 22, yes, I think. He, he gave some, Boston 23 and 22. He was having some breakout performances. Moses Brown has a lot of potential. And the problem with Boston's lineup, their centers, specifically the past couple of years, is that they have had small centers. Thompson is 6'9". Thice is 6'8". Robert Williams is 6'8". You even have Grant Williams sometimes playing a small ball five who's 6'6". They don't have any size at the center position. Moses Brown gives you that at 7'2". He averaged eight points and nine rebounds per game last year on OKC. And there's this narrative about him that after he got a contract, after he was done with his two-day contract, he started playing really bad. But I, I checked the other day, like after he got traded, his last game of the season... He had 24 points and 18 rebounds against the Clippers in his last game of the season. So he, and he has seven blocks as well. So this is a guy who's a good shot Dude. blocker. He's 7'2". He's agile. I think he's going to be a really good impact player. And Moses Brown is probably the a better is probably going to be a better player next season than whatever that 16th overall pick was going to be, if we're being honest. Depending on who it is, because Sharif Cooper, Keon Johnson, if they fall, that would be amazing. But I think the Celtics won this trade 
even though OKC is still set. 16th overall pick. They could have two picks in the top five. Regardless, they're going to have one pick in the top five with their own pick. I mean, OKC is set. We know that. But the draft is a crapshoot. And I'd rather get proven players in the Celtics. They got rid of Kemba's contract. They got Horford. Moses Brown, who has a lot of upside. I think they won this trade. I didn't actually have a win. I think both teams won. You know, I think Boston getting another pick. Now they have their pick and uh, another pick of that. Then getting Moses Brown, Al Horford, like you said, you know, some size, some guys who can rough up with the bigs of the East. You know, I think that was much needed. That was been lock- lacking for Boston over these last couple of years. I think was what they have to just get is a point guard. But I think Peyton Pritchard is okay right now where they, they'll they be okay at that position. You know, he's pretty good, plays defense. He can shoot the three ball. He's a really good playmaker. So I think getting that, you know, getting Al Horford back, a guy who can, you know, guard small centers, can guard big centers. He's kind of like, a, he's only like 6'10". And then getting another big and Moses Brown can kind of like, all right, we can kind of let Tristan Thompson go if he does decide to go. So I think that was good for them. And with uh, OKC, you know, I think getting Kem Walker, a guy who's still a solid point guard to pair up with Shy, I think that's good. The cap really didn't hurt them because they still have a lot of cap and they still have a lot of money and they got a lot of young guys on their roster. So I think that was good too. And they, like you said, they still possibly could have two top five picks. So this trade, I feel like really didn't hurt, hinder, or make them any better than what they were. I think it just made it, it was just an okay move. All right. I guess we want Al Horford off the team and I we just got Kemba Walker. So I guess that's good for them. So I gave it both. I, I gave Boston a win because they filled their needs that they needed to fill and they got another pick. And then I just gave OKC. I didn't give them a win or loss because I don't think they won or lost the trade. I feel pretty much the exact same way. I feel like I thought that it was pretty even. However, I just do lean a little bit more on the Celtics side just because, you know, you get that salary dump in Kevin, uh, Kemba where Kemba clearly did not have success uh, in Boston the way that we all thought that he would uh, when he first came to the squad. Uh and I mentioned it when we had this this topic the last time on the show. I said, you know, you get Kemba to a, a, a small market squad where he really can be the primary ball handler. He could be the primary scorer. I feel like he could be successful in, in that type of situation. And you go to OKC, it's the exact uh, that exact situation that I was talking about. You have him. You have Shea. Uh, Shai, Shea. Shea. Shea, uh, Shea Gillius Alexander. Shea Swag. He he is he does have a lot of swag. Bro. You said Shay right, but you said Gilgis. It's Gilgis. <laughs> how, do, how do you say it? Gilgis. Gilgis. Uh, Gilgis. Nichols' cousin. Shay Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. I'll Shea never, swag. I'll never get it wrong again. Shay swag. All right, there you go. Now I, now I can't mess it up. So you get him to a team like, get him on OKC. You get him the you you make him the primary ball handler. Who knows? Maybe he could be the 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 Kemba that we saw back in Charlotte. But you go to Boston. You lose his salary. You bring in a center, which was desperately needed. You get a guy who already had success with you. And on top of that, you get a guy who has such a high ceiling in Moses Brown. And you you hit it right in the head. Moses Brown, in my opinion, is definitely going to be better than that number 16 pick that they gave up. But you look at OKC side, they had another first-round pick. They have 18, I think it's 18 first-round picks over the next however many years. 18 second-round picks over the it's how many 36 years. over the next, like, Five, six years. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Now it's probably like you can't make something like that up. So I, I like I like the package that OKC got, but for what Boston needed to to actually be a strong contending squad, I love the moves that they made. You you save yourself some money. You bring in a guy who's had success with you, and then you add some more depth to the to the big man that you really desperately needed. I think like you know in the East with Sabonis, Bam, oh, yeah, no doubt, and Embiid, Big Clint, Giannis. You know you needed. 
Boston was extremely like I think that's what really hurt them in their heat. And then Robert series. Robert Williams, correct? It's Robert he's Williams. He's good, but he's six eight. But now you get to let you you let him play that power forward position. He's gonna he's gonna thrive so much more than him playing the center, in my opinion, where he doesn't have to play oversized people. I don't know. I, I disagree. I think Tatum I mean he was complete. He was very. You think Tatum, Robert Tatum, Williams Tatum, is the center? Tatum plays the four. I feel like what they're going to have to do now with Kemba being gone is you have Jalen play the two, you have Tatum play the three. I think they're they brought. I think they're bringing back for a year. Okay, and I mean, so do smart, you think Smart's going to be off the bench? No, I would say Smart for so I think Brown, I think, Tatum, and a big. I think I would have Fournier come off the bench. I would have Smart run the one, Jalen the two, mm-hmm. Tatum the three, Robert at the four. Big. That's what you got to do. I mean, what you saw them get killed this season because they lacked a big. So now you get two bigs and one who already was successful, one on your squad who was pretty successful last year until he got hurt in Robert Williams. It's like they're finally getting yeah. the squad together. I don't know. I, I I would not play Williams at the four because he can't shoot or space the floor. Would you play Horford at the four? No. I, I think Williams is a five, but I small think ball. he's, Undersized a, he's a small ball five. That's what he is. He's a small ball five. He's what Derek Favors can't be. Yeah, so maybe a trade with Utah. Who knows? That would be, be crazy. amazing for them. But so I, who would I think Utah give them. I'm not even sure. I don't even want to think about that. But I Word. think Horford at the five, Tatum at the four, Brown at the three. Smart at the one, and that two guard is the question mark. Or maybe you can have Pritchard at the one, Smart at the two, Brown at the three, Tatum at the four, and Horford at the five. Horford is going to start, no doubt about it. I, I think Williams still comes off the bench, and it's really going to be a competition between him, Thompson, and Brown to see who that second string center is going to be. You think they bring back Thompson? It depends. I don't know if he's, I think he's still on the roster. I could look. Contractually. I think he's still there. Where is he? That's a good ass question. I don't remember. But what what players at the 16th overall pick do you think can be there? That's a rib question. Uh Sean Highland. Cooper might be there. Jared Butler. Deshaun Highland? Sean Highland. Oh. He's from VCO. I thought you were talking Tristan's about on the chance. squad next year. <laughs> um, there's a lot of guys that could be there. Kispert could possibly be there. Jared Butler. Jared yeah, Butler. I'll look up a mock right now. Who's the who's the kid from uh Tennessee? Jaden Springer. How about Kai Jones? Kai Jones is really good. He's a project, though. Project. Yeah, Kai Jones is actually who they have right now at 16. Jaden Springer is 18. Yeah, I think he's only 18 years yep. old. They have Jaden at 17. Yeah, so that was, it's, it's a lot of it, but it's a project. You're getting a project at 16. I think that's what OKC is really at right now. Do you, so you think OKC leans big? You, they just traded away two of them. I, they have, this, they my have take, Poku and they have Basley. I think OKC is going to draft Mobley. Mobley. Yeah, once they get Mobley, I think they're done getting a big. Okay. I think Springer Mobley would probably would be, be the guy they get. The younger Mobley guy. could be the second overall pick. They have him right now as the number two projected. Who do they have it too? Green or they have Green at so it's Cade, Mobley, Green, Suggs. Ooh, no, I'm saying what team is that too? Oh, I'm sorry, Detroit. That makes sense. Okay. Detroit the lottery's now. tonight. I know what yeah, it is. Yeah, that's crazy. Trust me, I know. Because we don't get the fourth pick, I'm shipping out. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get a top four I mean, pick. where I'm are you here. guys right now? I, we're projected to go nine, which goes, I think, to Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. See? You want Jalen Suggs? I actually do. I really do. Suggs. That'd be huge. Yeah. I really when, I play 2K, when I play 2K, he's always getting drafted to Chicago. Really? really? That's cool. Yeah. We never. He never gets drafted to us. I hope we get one. Dang, I hope that... 
bold goes and we get the number because we get the number one pick. Oh man, what's your opinion on Scotty Barnes? Draymond, yeah. Do you yeah. think that he falls, or you think he he goes relatively high? He'll be in the top ten. Okay, because right now he's projected seven. Who's seven? Toronto. I don't think they really need that. I mean, you got they Boucher, have OG and Pascal. Oh, yeah, OG Pascal he can't shoot either. Scotty's really like Draymond. Or I don't think Toronto needs that at all. Truthfully, especially with Kyle Lowry, he might be heading out. You know who needs that? Sacramento. Sacramento. Right now, they they have them going guard. Who? Keon Johnson. So they're going to trade Buddy Hills. Which I don't I don't agree with. I mean, I like your package Keon, Keon, for sure. Keon is a lockdown defender. And Keon. I guess with De'Aaron, I mean, right now Sacramento. Well, De'Aaron plays they, defense. They need defense. Of course, De'Aaron is But then you perfect. have Halle Burton. So why would you get Keon? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make that much sense. I would like Kuminga there. Okay. Sacramento. Okay. Don't have a, well, Kuminga they have going five. Well, I know that. But uh-huh. I'm saying because Barnes is, you know... Get somebody. Yeah, I agree. I would, I would like Kaminga to go there. Man, I, I just want to see who gets the eighth overall pick. Yeah, that, that should be pick, interesting. That pick is going to be a bust. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> Most likely. Is that just history? So if Cade was there, would you say it's a bust? Yeah, he's not going to be there. <laughs> you know if he was there, would you say it's a bust? If Mobley lands the, to eight, bust? Not, he, the history of the eighth overall pick, Nilakina. Oh, my God. Obi Toppin. Oh, so you're saying Obi's a bust? Colin, Hold on, Knicks. Well, Knicks. I'm not saying he's much. a bust, but I'm saying it is a possibility. He could Kevin be. Knox? Look, I'm gonna name Knicks? you. No I'm gonna name you the number eight overall pick the last ten years. They're all Knicks. Afro Camino, oh. Brandon Knight, Terrence Ross, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Nick Stauskas, hey, Caldwell Pope, Stanley Johnson, Marquise Chris, Franklin Lakina, Colin Sexton, not a bust. Jackson Hayes, and then Obi Toppin. This past if you're year. a top ten pick, you should be an all star. That's a hot take. No, that's a fact. All star is strong. One time all star at least. Yeah, at least one. And Colin Sexton is the only guy who's probably going to make maybe make the all star team. It's tough for you're him. You're a to make lottery it. pick. Yeah. Oh no, listen, lottery I'm means you're a you. franchise guy. But you just look at the NBA. It's just drafts really are a crapshoot. You're 100 percent right. Other than the, the, I think it's more due to two things: teams teams having just bad organizations of development and teams not knowing how to scout, scout and reaching correct. for guys that don't deserve to go. The that third, high. another one would be situations. Yeah. Very For example, true. I think Anthony Bennett was never supposed to be the number one pick. That was ridiculous. Pick. I can't I believe he it just jumped happen. up boards though. Like, he came out of nowhere. Like that was well, only the, only the Cavs would do something like that. Well, they drafted Kyrie. Oh, yeah, Deion, that, that was easy. Deion Waiters, Thompson, Thompson, Wiggins. I'm hearing mistake, mistake. Wiggins was a mistake. You got I mean, LeBron. We got, no, we got we got love. Because, no, you got love. Yes. But then that led to LBJ. Yeah, that's real. That number. You're right though. Garland was a good one pick. pick. Garland was a good Cleveland pick. isn't bad in the draft. I mean, recently for sure, but in, uh, other than Kyrie, Thompson was all right. He he was okay. Dion but he had LeBron to help him out too. Oh God, LeBron a, can't help him get rebounds. Thing. I mean, LeBron can teach him how to run the pick and roll efficiently. I mean, yeah, but LeBron can't help him do his best job, and it's rebounding. The, true or false? LeBron <laughs> played a significant role in him getting eighty-five, <laughs> and then we'll go on to the next topic. All right, true, true. Thank you. Go ahead. Now we're going to talk about the NFL, and that's the that's the last portion of sports we're going to talk about in the podcast. We have four segments for this um, for this part of the show. First one: Which quarterback? No, I'm good. Which quarterback do you think is under more pressure next season, Carson Wentz or Matthew Stafford? Were you looking at him to ask him first, or were you just asking? You can just, answer. If I think you want. he just thought you were about to go to the bathroom. Oh, that's what we're doing Since now. So you thought I was going to go to the bathroom? You can. I mean, I don't know what you, what you were going to do. <laughs> oh no, I'm not going to the bathroom. Um, to answer this, damn. 
Ask the question again. <laughs> Who's Which quarterback no, is under yeah, more exactly. pressure? Facts. Matthew Stafford or Carson Wentz? Go first. I'm smiling. All right, no worries. All right, so this is a tricky question, but I'm going to lean Carson Wentz for obvious reasons. Every every year other than his MVP year, he, he's been on a decline. Then you look at the 2019 season where he definitely showed a, a, a good step. You know, he, he threw for over 4,000 yards. He had 27 touchdowns. Only seven INTs, which is a very good no ratio. No receiver with 1K yards. Yeah, he really had no, nobody to throw to. He carried that team that 2019 season. Playoffs. And then you get into this 2020 year, he is 1,500 yards down. He's 11 touchdowns down, and he's eight interceptions up. With, But you're not wrong about the, the wide receiving core. It really was the same. Their offensive line got significantly worse very quickly. Uh, they got old. That's all that it really was. And he's he's now in a new situation with Indianapolis where he's got a good offensive line. He's got good young weapons. Uh, you got Pittman. You got T.Y. Hilton. Um, I'm blinking. I feel like they just drafted someone. Regardless of that, you got Jonathan Taylor out the backfield, Naheem Hines, because you know Carson Wentz loves to, to, to drop it off to his running backs too. And Naheem Hines is one of the best uh, pass-catching running backs there is right now in the, the NFL. So I look at Carson Wentz, and I feel like He's been underwhelming to a degree uh, ever since uh, you had that MVP year where he tore his ACL and where Philly ended up winning the the championship without him. Uh, and then he goes that 2018 year where he put up impressive numbers again. But 2019. He, but, no, both years. So 2018 and 2019. But 2018, he got he's, hurt he too. Hurt, yeah. And then Foles came in and, and basically tr- tried to recreate the, the championship run. We actually won a playoff game and that year. You guys should have won another if Alshon Jeffrey actually has hands and catches that ball. And, and it's just we were how, how quickly people turned on Carson Wentz because of his lack of talent on his squad. So now you <clears> get him into a new organization with the Colts. I just feel like he's going to be under the microscope a lot. I understand why people are going to look at Stafford and be like, you know what? You, people hold you to this high standard like you're this all-time great. Now what What are you going to really do in, in, in L.A.? But I look at a guy like Carson who who people are completely counting out, which I don't agree with. I feel like he could definitely be successful in Indianapolis, but I feel like people are going to look at him and really scrutinize his game uh, week in, week out, and I feel like Carson Wentz is definitely the one under more pressure. You Look at Matthew Stafford's situation. This is probably the first team in a while that we've seen him on where it's like it's, this is a real shot at a Super Bowl. You know, Granted, the Bucs weren't so loaded. You know, you could look at the Rams. They had one of the best defenses in the league last year. They had a very high-power offense. Now you bring in a guy who's, I think we can all agree, five times better than Jared Goff. You know, a guy who can really unleash this offense. It's, it's really phenomenal. But then you look at it on the right side, and, you know, Carson Wentz coming off a year where, granted, you can make all the excuses you want for his team being poorly, but him himself, he knows, and he played poorly, and he wasn't reading the the offense correctly. He was missing guys. He actually was denying looking at the playbook. He wasn't listening to his coach. So there was a lot of things going on in Philly last year, and Carson Wentz was a main part, a main piece of that. He didn't play good. Stepping into Indianapolis with his old coach, Frank. Right. Frank. Thank you. That's when I do that, that's when you – I don't know the name. <laughs> um, stepping in <laughs> with his old coach that actually was there when he – was on his way to winning an MVP and, you know, the team won the Super Bowl. Uh, Indianapolis Colts team who's been, you know, it's been in the playoff mix for a long time. Consistently, they made the playoffs last year. They made the top of their conference for a while. 
they're a really, really good team. They really, they, for the most part, they're bringing everybody back with a few additions. And then this team is honestly one of the best situations Wentz could be in. So I think a lot of pressure has to be on him because the AFC has a lot of dogs. You know, the Chiefs, the Browns, the Ravens, the Pats are coming up, Miami coming up, and Indianapolis chose Carson Wentz to be that guy to lead them into the fold. Phillip Rivers just got him to the playoffs last year. They expect big things out of Wentz. They expect, you know, AFC appearances, possibly a Super Bowl. So they expected that Adam. So the expectations are extremely high, especially from a guy who everybody gave up on. Everybody felt like he was washed. He wasn't the same guy he was. So there, I feel like Carson Wentz has the most pressure because if he fails, it's over. I think if Stafford fails, you know, you still think Stafford is still that guy. You know, he still has that cano. I think if Wentz fails, though, it's a wrap from his career is done. So I think Wentz definitely has the most pressure. These are two different scenarios. Carson Wentz is under pressure to showcase that he can still be a franchise quarterback. Matthew Stafford is under the pressure to win a Super Bowl this season with the Rams because it's Super Bowl or bust for them. They got one with they got someone with Jared Goff. They didn't win one. Since then, they've been in the playoff hunt. They've been in the playoffs. Now it's about it's about them taking a the next step, and they think Stafford is that guy to take them over the hump. Last year, Stafford, 4,084 yards, 26 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. Wentz, 2,620 yards, 16 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. So we know Wentz last year was bad. Because the expectations for Matthew Stafford are much more than Wentz, I think there is more wiggle room for excuses. If you lose in the playoffs by some lucky play or a miracle or your defense folds, something like that, there's more wiggle room because it's hard to win a Super Bowl. For Carson Wentz, you just have to play good. Like, he just has to play good. And if he doesn't play good, there's no more excuses for him. It obviously wasn't Doug Peterson. It wasn't the receivers. It wasn't the offensive line. It was him. And now in Indy, it's his chance to show that he can be a franchise quarterback because I think... Carson Wentz last year showed that he had, he was awful. He had a really awful year. There's pressure on him to keep his career alive, like you mentioned. And because the expectations for Stafford are much more, I think there's less pressure on Wentz because if you have high expectations for yourself, you're probably going to land right under it or in the middle. Very rarely do people exceed their expectations or higher than what they expect of themselves if they have very high ones. If you have an expectation of yourself where the bar is here and you fail to meet that bar, the middle, that's really bad. Yeah. Now you're not even progressing. So that's where I think Carson Wentz is at right now. He has to just show that he's a good quarterback still. No, I'm with you there. I feel like what you mentioned actually about or I, I just think about Carson Wentz and how his injuries have just played such a factor into his career. It's he had an MVP season. It looked like Philadelphia was about to make a run for the for the for the championship with Carson Wentz as their guy. He gets hurt year year after. They look really good, really strong again. Gets hurt. Twenty nineteen. He he does all the work for Philadelphia. Doesn't really get the spotlight too much. Not really too much credit because of the weak uh, weak division that the the NFC East is. But he did that himself. He he was one of the few players that I've seen in the NFL carry a squad to the playoffs. Then you f- see the year after where he's just overcompensating, he's trying to do too much, and then he he fumbles the bag and he has the worst season in his career, and it gets him kicked off of the squad that he just carried to the playoffs the year before. And 
I see what you're saying with with Matty Staffy and how it's championship robust. So you don't you don't think that Carson Wentz is in that same uh, scenario where I don't think people are going to look at the Colts and be like they should go and, and make the Super Bowl. They're yeah. definitely one of the teams to do it, but they're not the favorite. And correct. And then you look at the the other side of the conference in the NFC. The Rams definitely should be that team that you talk about making the, the Super Bowl. You're 100% right there. And so I can see what you're saying with, with Matty Staffy, uh, championship or bust, and, and that being a little bit more pressure. But it's people know what Matty Staffy is. You know what I'm saying? People know who Matty Staffy is as a quarterback, what he can do for a team. The fact that he was able to do it for Detroit leads me to believe that he could do it for any franchise, given the fact that Detroit is the worst franchise in sports history. <laughs> and at least football history. And I just feel like Carson Wentz, it's careers on the line. And I feel like that that kind of pressure is completely different than a championship. Yeah. With Wentz, everything is internal. You know, everything is individually. You know, it's hard to, you know, walk in and everybody's doubting you as a player. Nobody's Correct. doubting Stafford as a player. They're doubting they're not even really doubting. They just can the can the Rams do it? You know, can the Rams do it in a tough NFC conference, you know, with a bunt load of teeth. Can the Rams do it? Can Stafford lead them? But him as a player, we know who Stafford is. We know who Stafford is as a player, as a quarterback. Wentz, it's what is Wentz as a player? He's still a guy who can lead a franchise. And I think when it's internally, when it's the things are you as an individual, the pressure becomes more intense because if you fail, not only are you failing everybody else, you failed yourself because you didn't become that guy you thought you were. And you didn't become that guy that everybody else thought you were. So I think that's like a big thing that's weighing on his shoulders. And like Joel said, all he has to do is play good. You know, but even then, that's a hard task to do, play good, because there's a lot of thought process to that. The mentality is different. There's a lot of pressure on your head. And there's walking in every possession, every play. I can't throw this interception. People are going to look at me different. I can't do this. I can't make a bad play. So it's going to be pressure on him every second of his day. So it's going to be tough for him, no doubt. But I think he can do it. Some other quarterback stuff that's going on is a quarterback competition in New England between Cam Newton and Mac Jones. And Mac Jones right now is a second-string quarterback. He's getting second-team reps above Brian Hoyer, who's been in that Patriots system for a bunch of years, above Jared Stidham, who people thought was Tom Brady's successor for a time. Mac Jones, coming out of college, I thought he was the man. I mean, highest quarterback rating, completion percentage in college football history. First year as a starter, winning the national championship. Mm. Guys, I thought were sleeping on him because he is, quote-unquote, unathletic. He doesn't look the part. But Mac Jones reports from the Patriots, reporters, beat writers, are that, yo, this guy has been impressing in Patriots camp. He has been really good. And I saw some highlights of their minicamp where Cam Newton in the rain is throwing ducks, and Mac Jones is accurate. This guy is an assassin. Is Cam still hurt, though? Is he still hurt? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know something with his hand, I believe. And there was a report that came out not too long ago that Mac Jones is going to get a real quarterback competition. Mm. So there's a chance he could get the job. There's a chance he could get the job from Cam Newton and be the Patriots' starting quarterback. I think that... Cam Newton will start to will start to start the season. And we know because of his play style, he could get hurt. Or because of his play style as well and his inaccuracies, there are times where he's going to go on these stretches where he just can't complete really easy and simple passes. And I think if he goes on one of those stretches, he either gets injured or he's playing bad, 
Mac Jones will play, and he better hope that doesn't happen because if Mac Jones gets the opportunity and plays, he's not, coming he's not looking back. And his nickname, Cam Newton nicknames everybody on the roster. Really? Mac Jones' nickname is Mac and Cheese. That's tough. That's that, is, that is tough. Mac can, and Cheese. Can you tell me the injury, please? So it says, it says Newton suffered his hand injury last Friday when the media was in attendance for practice. That sucks. And then you said he's been, Mac's he, just been, he's throwing ducks. Mac has he, been slaying. Yeah, he practice. hit his hand on a teammate's helmet. Oh, that just sucks. So who, for Cam. who do you think is going to win this quarterback competition between Mac Jones and Cam Newton? All right, good. All right, I'm going. <sighs> you know, it's very interesting that you asked me that question because I think Cam's going to start. You know, I think he's going to be the starter for day one, but, you know, I, I think Mac is going to win the job a lot sooner than people think. Like, I'm thinking, like, week five, week six, because, you know, with Cam, we've seen the history. Injuries, like you said, inaccuracy. Maybe they're just not getting it done. Bill Belichick needs a QB change. You know, what if they're – 0-4, Cam's not playing good, and he just decides to roll in with Mac Jones, you know. There's a lot of situations that could play into the factor. But Mac Jones, coming from an Alabama program, and I know firsthand, seeing how Jalen Hurts works, I know his work ethic. I know he's in there working hard every day in practice trying to get that starting spot. And the fact that he's already a second-string QB is impressive, considering the fact that, like you said, Brian Horry has been in that Patriots system for a while. Jared Stinman was known as Tom Brady's successor, which is crazy. So I think, you know, Mac is going to get the job sooner than later. And the fact that Cam is hurt right now and Mac is slaying practice is going to damage Cam too. And I know that injury is probably going to affect him for a while. But I think Cam's probably going to start day one. And then Mac is probably going to get the job week five, week six. Week six to be safe, though. It's going to be interesting when when Mac Jones starts week one. It's going to be interesting because Tom Brady just won a Super Bowl. And Bill Belichick's playing with a chip on his shoulder this year. We just saw Bill Belichick go out and make the most moves he's ever made in in preseason yeah, he history felt that, by far. In off season history. Oh my God. He had a laundry list of moves that he, he felt made. That chip. That chip hurt. Hundred percent. Because people are going to talk about Brady doesn't need Belichick. Belichick everyone said, Oh, Belichick Brady can't win without Belichick. Belichick's system. Who won the year after? He won the 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 very next year he left New England. Belichick's playing this year <laughs> aggressive, hungry. He wants this more than than people realize. And if he feels that Mac Jones is that guy, even for a, a second prior to week one, I feel like he'll lean Mac Jones. And the way that Mac Jones has been pra- practicing in, in these OTAs, there's no doubt in my mind that it, it is more than possible for Mac Jones to start week one. I agree. And I think Bill Belichick is that guy that, he, you know, you know, before I say what I was going to say, because of that a viral video of that man saying you're not that guy, mm-hmm. every single time I say that guy, that's the only thing I'm reminded of. Before, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. <laughs> before that, I never thought about it, was it viral twice. viral video, I didn't see it. You didn't see it? See you really? Where I was getting clowned with Ben Simmons. You didn't see that one? No. Uh-huh. He's like he, where he said Ben's not that guy, uh-huh. and then he's like, "You're not that guy, pal." He's in he's in the he's in a, I think he's in the shopping market, right? He's in the I think yeah. He's in I a, can't believe like he was right mocking you. I can't believe not. Nah, I can't believe you didn't say see it, bro. This is didn't we just say that he was mad on culture? This is like the biggest meme going on. Yeah, right sorry, now. guys. I really don't feel me. Like, look, I'll show you right now. Good looking king. That guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. <laughs> 
He's like a wrestler. Like, yeah, he really, yo, he looks crazy. OD. You're not Brown. that guy, pal. You're not that guy. You think he, that, he's that guy? He now, probably is you that know, guy. You know what's no funny? Way. You know what's funny is that uh, the guy recording was like, are you that guy? He's like, absolutely. <laughs> What, what do you really say to that? Yeah, what, no. is he, what is he saying you're not that guy to, though? Like, he's just saying you're not that guy? They must have been getting to some beef at the shopping market. Probably cut him in line or something. Yeah, he was tight. You're not that guy, bro. You're not that guy. <laughs> yeah. That's this dude said, funny. are you that guy? He said, absolutely. Y'all have not seen that video. Is Matt Jones that guy? Yeah, he is that he guy. He is that guy. Mac, Mac Jones, Mac and Cheese. That's fine. I, I, so I thought that he was the most underrated quarterback coming into the draft because... For some reason, potential nowadays in the NFL draft is only about your running ability and how athletic you are, which is the most ridiculous thing ever. Mm. Mac Jones has everything you want in the quarterback outside of great game-breaking speed, which is not necessary for a quarterback to be successful. Yeah, I'm with you. He ran the same 40 time as Dak Prescott, higher one than Patrick Patty. Mahomes. So he's not this unathletic Snorlax that people love to act like he is. He's a really good quarterback, and I think if Bill Belichick thinks that he's the best option week one starting, he's going to put Mac Jones in, and I think Mac Jones is going to be ready. This guy taught Bill O'Brien the Alabama offense. He taught it to himself, a, a player teaching a coach an offense himself. That's absurd. I think Mac Jones is ready for it. Mac Jones taught Bill O'Brien. That's insane. In Alabama, That's, yes. that's insane. That's insane. Kudos to him. I mean, he's this, not that guy. He's though. gonna be he's gonna be a stud, and I can't wait because everybody has been calling him a bust, been calling they've been disrespecting his name. For sure. And I think and they're cheese. because of I think if we're going by situations alone, Trey Lance and Mac Jones have the best chance to be the best quarterbacks in this draft off of situations alone. I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. I agree. We could be sitting back here five years from now saying Mac Jones was the best in that class. We could. We really could. Mm-hmm. We really could. I agree. You really I could. Cheese, man. And I could see it. I know you're very low on Trevor compared to the majority, but... I'm low on Trevor. Yeah. I am low on Trevor. <laughs> I am. Yeah, so, so, yeah, he's crazy. I'm low on Fields, too. Oh, God. I am. I hate and you. You didn't, you didn't mention your boy not once, surprisingly. I love Zach Wilson. I'm very high on Zach Wilson, but the situation may mess with him a little bit. And we're not going to see those flashes. Do you think it's going to be? Early. Didn't mean to cut you off there, but do you think it could be similar to Sam, or do you think he's just better no, overall? He's, he's better. He's way better than Sam. In what aspects of the game do you think he's better? His, his ability to to think on the fly, to his arm power, his okay. arm velocity, hit, throwing from different arm angles, reading defenses, mm-hmm. uh, limiting mistakes. That's everything. I think I feel he's like better reading, than reading Sam. defenses. We're gonna have to wait and see. Just because the NFL, obviously, college different. Just, just to let you know, Connor Hughes is a beat reporter for The Athletic. He covers the Jets. Mm-hmm. He compared his notes on Sam Donald as a rookie in OTAs and minicamps versus Zach Wilson. It's not even a comparison. Nice. Mm-hmm. Like, Sam nice. Donald was like, not. it wasn't even a comparison. Not even in, in, in Zach, struggling Zach, against, Zach Wilson wow. so far in Jets camp has wow. blown everybody away. Awesome. Like, this guy has been a stud. Nice. So, I think... We're in good hands with Zach, go. Zachary Wilson. And your guy is T. T. Law. Who I think is going to be the best in this yeah. class? T. Law, that's your guy. It's tough. It's tough. It is tough. I just think it's hard to go against what everyone thinks when it comes to he was no, the what highest. what do you think? I don't care what everybody else saying. I'm asking what you think. It's just I've seen Trevor Lawrence in the biggest games of his career in college fold. Mm. Against Ohio State, he folded. 
right against against Alabama. Was it against Alabama? I'm f- LSU. LSU. He he would he got significantly outplayed by Joe Burrow, and that worries me because of course you can you can beat the rest of these guys, but you faced two quality teams and you had two of your worst games in college. Right. Your only two losses in college. And so that worries me for the next level when you're going to be playing good teams every Sunday. And right now your team is one of the worst in the NFL and you're being asked to be that guy to completely change that culture. So I feel like if I I had to take one person right now, I'd lean Trey Lance. Gangsta. Off off situation, I mean, you have Kyle Shanahan who's easily right now the best when it comes to grooming quarterbacks to, to, to really reach their potential. He did it with Matty Ice. Did it with Garoppolo. Didn't do it with Jay Cutler. He, he, that was Mike Shanahan too, or Robert Griffin. Are you saying Robert Griffin? That's that's debatable because prior to him getting hurt, Robert Griffin was all world. He was as a rookie, but he, he couldn't develop as a passer. But passing wise, I, I I'm pretty sure he put up numbers that rookie season. No, yeah, as a rookie, but but he tore his ACL after that, and he was never the same. And obviously, you take that dimension of his game where he he can't run anymore. And you're right, the passing side of it wasn't off topic. The 2021 NBA Summer League starts August 8th to 17th, and tickets are going on sale soon. Oh, it's okay. in Las Vegas. Why would you tell us about the ticket part? I'm really thinking about going. Which game? I don't even know. The you got to wait to see who gets drafted. The Knicks schedule hasn't thought, been released I thought yet. you were about to relate that to the Olympics. No, but I I would if I want to go to see Cade and to see the guys in person. That That's <laughs> awesome. Going to Las Vegas and going to... Oh, to that, watch would be, game. that would be pretty sick. The tickets are starting at thirty dollars. Oh, yeah, but yeah. then the flight, right. is the flight, the Las Vegas, the hotel, that's going to be. I didn't expensive. pay much for my flight to Vegas. Really? How much you pay? Under five? You went to you went on Spirit. Spirit definitely under, under five. five. Hell no. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard him, but I had. Now I was on JetBlue. I was on JetBlue. JetBlue. JetBlue has pretty good. I had. I paid one thirty-two back, and I paid sixty-eight there. That's all day. Caught it. You got an Airbnb there. Yeah, we had an Airbnb there too. It was like, yo, I would go. I'll be down to go. Now that's firm. Yeah, I wasn't paying five hundred dollars. Okay, so it was in total less than five. Yeah, it was less than two. That's, that's less crazy. than two. That's crazy. Sixty eight theirs, one thirty two back. And summer league is like a small event, so you Jet can blue, baby. you can summer league is a small event, so you could probably get access to the players and probably yeah, interview you, them, ask them questions. There I need too. a kid's. Signed autograph. I need him to autograph. Yeah, me. a rookie signature from K would be mad. Yeah, because he's going to be the best player in NBA history in like ten years. So I need that. <laughs> like, I'm gonna I'm get a K jersey to wherever he gets drafted, get it signed. Go. He's going to be better than LeBron. So on to the next topic. We talked oh, about the Lions you. earlier. With the well, you mentioned the Lions being one of the worst organizations in history. So right. Now we're going to talk about something that they did. No now we're going to talk about something that they did <laughs> earlier. Yeah, yeah, he's going to go into the bathroom, of course. Listen, I got to go to the bathroom, too. Unbelievable. This guy, this guy goes to the bathroom every single episode. But the Lions, there was a recent report that talked about Calvin Johnson because Calvin Johnson didn't want to play for Detroit anymore. That's why he retired. And everybody was shocked when he retired at first. He retired at 30 years old. But the reason he retired is because he didn't want to play for Detroit anymore. And Detroit refused to let him go to another team and try to seek out a trade. And, you know, just two questions. What do you think about the Lions organization for not allowing him to go to another team? And where would you have liked to see him play if he was offered the opportunity to get traded? 
we see in the NBA where players dictate the league. They say, I want to be traded. Teams comply. They trade this player. But it's not like it's an overnight thing where, you know, you tell me you're going to be traded, and then the next day you're on a flight out. You look at the NFL, and we see where Deshaun had a similar situation where he requested a trade, and they, they ref, they're refusing to, to, to move him by any means, and it's, and it's carried over into a bunch of other things that are probably Deshaun Watson's fault. Uh, but then you look at this now this Calvin situation, and do I understand why they wouldn't want to trade Calvin Johnson? Of course. This is easily, by far and away, the best wide receiver that they'll ever have come into their, into their building. And what, what value could you give me as a team that equates to Calvin Johnson? You couldn't. There's not much that equates to, to me giving you Calvin Johnson, especially at the time where he came off. I don't want to be incorrect here, but I'm almost 100% positive his last season was over 1,400 yards. You could double check that. You know, give you time. It was 12-14, nine touchdowns. In his last season ever in football, he finished with 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. He would be one of the best receivers in the league right now with those numbers. And that was the last year of his career. I understand why the Lions were How old was he, too, at the time? He was, he was 29? 30. 30. 30, 29 slash 30, one of those. Regardless of that fact. Do I understand the Lions not wanting to trade him? Yes. But you're going to get it to a point where people are, are, are now realizing NFL really doesn't care about their players. This has been a known fact. NFL really doesn't care about the players' needs, what they want. So when Calvin's one of the OG, Andre Johnson was the same way. He said, get me out of here. Team's like, why would we do that? You're, you're our best player by far. Do I understand? Yes. Do they need to start listening to their players more? 100%. So that's where I feel about that. I, I mean, do I, do I get it? Yes. But it's, it's tough because now you, you see a player like Calvin who's an all-generational t- type talent, and we don't get to see him anymore. And it's sad, and it sucks, and only the Lions could do something like that. So the Lions refused to deal Calvin Johnson, but this was also the same reason why Barry Sanders retired early, because he wanted to play for another team, and the Lions didn't allow him to seek out a trade. Same way with Calvin Johnson. Same owner? Or no. Same, same owner. Family. Not, the not the same GM. Ford. The Ford family. Yeah, the Ford family. Yeah. Not the same GM, but the same owner. Okay. And people have, have talked about this, and they brought up, brought up a good point. Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders forced to retire because the Lions didn't want to deal them. But the moment that Stafford asked for a trade, Gone. he got oh, it. Oh, boy. He got it. So people have been trying to make this a thing about race and stuff. Maybe there's a valid point there. But also, the Lions' current GM, I think, is just functional. Brad Holmes, to this point, I mean, I think his first draft, drafting Panay Sewell was a really good pick. Panay Sewell is, you know, a building stone for their offensive line. Hiring a guy in Dan Campbell, who was a culture changer, with Anthony Lynn as the OC, Aaron Glenn as the DC, they have a pretty good coaching staff, and Brad Holmes was the one who allowed Matthew Stafford to seek out that trade. When Calvin Johnson was in Detroit, Bob Quinn was a GM at the time, and Bob Quinn, to this point, the duo of him and Matt Patricia were known to be very dysfunctional. Matt Patricia was one of the worst coaches in the NFL, probably not worse than Adam Gase. He was probably the second worst Number coach. Number two, correct. Yeah. And Bob Quinn was just a bad GM, you know, handing out hefty contracts after contracts, putting the Detroit in the cap hell that they're in right now. But if I, if the Calvin Johnson was to seek out a trade at the time, I would have wanted him to play with Aaron Rodgers. 
And Calvin Johnson talked about how he wanted to play with Aaron Rodgers. And another guy, obviously, is Tom Brady. I think Calvin Johnson going to New England, having a great receiving threat, or going to Green Bay, I think would have put those teams over the top even more so at the time, especially Green Bay. And that's where I would have liked Calvin Johnson to play. But obviously, the optics of this looks really bad on the Lions organization. But I think they're finally starting to turn for the better because they have brought in a new front office in, new coaching staff in, and it does feel like they're heading in the right direction now. It's it's like a it's a weird thing that GMs, well, front offices and organizations think because a player wants to leave that they're just able to keep that player. Like I feel like we've reached a point where morality is just not it doesn't the, exist. Yeah, it doesn't Correct. exist in the NFL world. Like why do you think it's okay just to hold this guy because he doesn't want he didn't play for your franchise for if I'm not mistaken ten years, nine ten years like it. It's not givings. I, I personally, nine years. In nine years. I personally don't agree with that. I think that's horrible. You have, you have to be a bad human being. I would have wanted him to. I was going to say Tom Brady, too. I would have wanted to see Megatron. We've seen Tom Brady and Randy Moss for that one year they had. It was freaking amazing. So I would have wanted him, Megatron, to suit up with Tom Brady, have him play. Another guy I think I would have had him. I think I would have wanted him to also stay with Matthew Stafford, just play for a different team. I don't like have a different team on my mind, but I think – you know, the way that they was connecting on the big, deep threats was pretty amazing. The way he, Matthew Stafford just throw that ball up and Megatron trying to catch it over two, three defenders. I thought that was mad cool. So I would have liked both of them in two different situations. But I think as a front office, like you said, you know, giving Matthew Stafford, as soon as he asked to give him a trade, I guess you could say that the GM is more functional. But the history of Detroit and their two franchise guys, probably their two best guys in franchise history, and Barry Sanders and Megatron, definitely offensively, they're one of their two best guys. Not giving them what they asked for, I think is pretty messed up in the fact that they did everything they could. They put their bodies on the, their line for nine, ten years for your franchise, and you've given them nothing back. And the fact that you couldn't give them the one thing they asked for, I think it's pretty, excuse my language, fucked up. You mentioned Green Bay as a destination. Would be cool. But I don't know if it would happen, obviously. What year was that? 2015. 2015. Was, I, I only say it wouldn't happen because it's in division. Like obviously, I don't think yeah, that that's they true. Would, was was Jennings him. still there? Greg, he might have been there or Minnesota uh, on or on his way out. Was, uh, Tay was there, but he was young. I think Tay got drafted in twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen, really? Damn, like a, a nice squad that he could have gone to. Seattle at that time, Seattle really didn't have a, a number one, and they were dominant because of their defense. But of course, their offense was good enough. You had Marshawn Lynch being the main guy. Doug Baldwin was really solid for a good amount of years. Jermaine Curse was their number two on the opposite side. You get a guy like Calvin, who now Russ has the luxury of having baby Calvin on his squad with DK. Uh, but you would have given him Calvin Johnson during those runs with with LOB. You just call DK baby uh, Calvin? Baby Calvin. Uh. He's baby Calvin. That's pretty fair to say. Obviously, Calvin is eons better. I thought than Julio him. would be like baby Calvin. Julio's he's he's headed towards the end of his career. Julio's his own guy, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'll show him that respect. Julio is his own dude. He is a bad man. But to to go back to the question, you have Calvin go on to those those uh those Seahawks rosters during those runs. Who knows what that offense could what have done? What about Megatron with Big Ben? They had the they three had, Bs. That yeah, they had, time. exactly. You had Antonio, you had Le'Veon, you had... Where, was Luck in the league at the time? 
That is an amazing name, actually, because that would have been good. He, he, he only luck. had Ty Hilton. Ty Hilton short. was injury prone, but when he had luck, Ty Hilton was amazing. Any season that Ty hasn't had Andrew, you get a he's big guy, cut. big Meg over there. That with is luck? such a good name, bro. I know. I, Andrew Luck would have been phenomenal. That is fire, man. That is. I didn't even. I'm mad he retired early. Honestly, you don't have to tell me. He was one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league. Shares my, shares my name. What's your my name? boy. Oh yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> he said, "What's your name?" name? <laughs> no, I was thinking of you're last. Unbelievable. <laughs> you're unbelievable. Oh, I was thinking of last year. I was like, "Your last name's on Luck." No nah. way. Yeah, that's my boy. Yeah. It's all right, man. Because I, I shared the same name with Drew Brees, and who likes that guy? Drew Brees' name is Andrew. Just Drew, like Andrew, Drew, short for Andrew. Pissing me off, man. What do you mean? I just saying I don't like Drew Brees. Andrew or Drew? Andrew, but so is his. Oh, so his name is Andrew. Correct. I call him Drew for short. Some Drew Brees, is, his name is Andrew Brees? Yeah, some people with names are really just Drew. Uh, listen, if it's just Drew, I'll apologize. Let's see. Drew Andrew Brees. Drew Brees, yeah, that name does suck. name. Drew Christopher Brees. I knew, yeah, thank you. I knew it yeah, wasn't no, it wasn't yeah. no Andrew. I knew it wasn't Andrew. You tried to make that. All right. Regardless yeah. of the fact. Andrew I'm, Brees I, sucks. Drew Brees is way more smoother. Like as a name? Yeah. Okay, fair. And you said Listen. Andrew? No, Andrew Brees sucks. I'm I could have sworn you just said Drew. Yeah, yeah I Andrew, thought, yeah. Drew Listen, Brees. Is regardless cool. of that, Drew Brees. You tried to cap a, just now. Gone. Who cares? I'm glad that I don't share anything with him now. Good. <laughs> you tried to cap just now. I it's all right. If that's capture, regardless, screw Drew Brees. Glad he's gone. The last topic of the day is going to be about Cole Beasley. He said that he'd rather retire than get the COVID-19 vaccine. And on Twitter, the NFLPA released their restrictions for non-vaccinated players. And if a player is not fully vaccinated, these are the, these are the restrictions they have. Or this is what they have to do. They get tested every day. Mm. They're required to wear a mask all around the facility and around the team. They must be distant from other players. Damn. They must quarantine if exposed to COVID. 15-player limit in the weight room. They can't eat with players in the meal room. No like social media, no social media marketing or sponsorship activities. Can't use the sauna or the steam room. With other players or just in general? Just in general. Okay. And can't leave the hotel room and eat at outside restaurants. Bro, this sounds like when you're in jail and you lost all your privileges. They can't do any of that stuff if they're not fully vaccinated. And Cole Beasley then wrote a statement and put it out on Twitter that said that I don't care about the rules, basically. he I'm, I'm paraphrasing it, but he said that he's still going to live his life accordingly, how he would live it if he was vaccinated, basically. He's still going to go out. He's going to visit his families. He do, he's going to visit his family. He doesn't care about the COVID protocols. And if the NFL wants, they can find him. But he's not going to live how they want these players that are non-vaccinated to live. And if it does come to an ultimatum, he would retire. It sounds like if he doesn't follow the rules, they're just going to kick him out the league. I don't know if the game would miss him too much. That being said, Cole Beasley sounds like a rap name. He actually does make music. You told me that, but he I wasn't really trying to that. hear that. But because <laughs> it's like it does sound like a really cool rap. He actually went on a radio station was when it was a spit. He spit a verse. I swear, <laughs> it's fire. It wasn't bad. Should I look like, it up? Was right it now? bad in terms of what though? Because you're comparing. I feel like you're comparing it to an NFL. Are we gonna player. get in trouble for playing this? I don't think we should. Because it's that bad. No, I don't think we should get in trouble if we play the freestyle. On the oh, radio that's station. what I was wondering. Okay. Yeah. You're gonna play that right now. Hey, why not? It's good, it's good. But let me just... Oh, wow. I got it. 
I hope this is good, bro. I don't even know if it's going to pick up in the mic. Just play like the first 30 seconds. All right, here we go. He stole it. He sounds like Logic. He does sound like Logic. OD. <laughs> All right. That wasn't bad. That's a pass. Yeah, he's that not was good he's flow. Not, I told that you was he wasn't. This is a passable rapping. Sounds like logic. One thing I want to say about the NFL, they're bullying players to get the vaccine. And I'm saying this as someone who's vaccinated, who wants people to go get vaccinated. With all the rules and regulations you just listed, they're bullying players to go get vaccinated. They're singling you out for not partaking in what it seems like they want everyone to do. Do I understand to a degree? Yes, but a lot of these seem egregious. Not being able to use the sauna, uh, not being able to eat with teammates. Like part of the whole thing about NFL is team chemistry. It's a fifty-two unit. Like you need team chemistry, and you're, because guys have a, a specific opinion, you're going to make them completely miss out on all those things. You know what doesn't make sense is I don't know how the NFL had its rules last year when they played with COVID, but. I guarantee that even when we didn't have the vaccine last season, players were still able to eat together. Yeah, no doubt. And now that you're, you know, you have some that are vaccinated and some that are not vaccinated, they can't eat together. I just think it's crazy, you know, and people make a good point when they say that if you're vaccinated, why should I be restricted to sit with you? If you're vaccinated, you shouldn't be able to pass it to me. And even though if you do have your vaccination, you can still get COVID from other people or you can even spread it. You can get it. Look at CP3. It's yeah, like- so you can still get it. You're not immune to it if you do get the vaccination. But I do think it is a bit crazy. And the whole thing about the wearing masks, I get it. But even Dr. Fauci in his emails has said before that the masks aren't fully effective. And the masks don't really do much to you know stop the spread of COVID. So to have these mask, re- to have these mask restrictions and these rules doesn't really seem seem to make much sense, especially after Fauci has said that they're not that effective. But regardless, we said this before, I'm vaccinated. I already got my second dose, but I just think that people can make their own decisions. Correct. And they have to face the consequences of those decisions. But at the end of the day, I don't think we can stop. We can stop people that aren't vaccinated from living a normal life if they don't decide to get vaccinated because at at the end of the day, is there skeptics? Is there skepticism with the vaccination? Yes, there is some. Sure. You know, I, I don't think that it's it's a crazy to say that this is a new virus, right? We were just exposed to it last year. A va- are, should do people have the right to feel skeptical over a vaccine that was made a couple months or like a year later? Yes, I I don't see I don't see that being egregious. I don't think, you know, people have the right to feel skeptical over something like that. And, you know, he said that he'd rather retire because he wants to live his life I the way he, he said wants I'd to live. Die. Nah, no, he I'd said retire. he'd rather retire. He bro. says that he'd be a goon. <laughs> he actually did say that our we all have all our time is short. All of our time is coming. And if COVID does kill me, then let it kill me. Like, you know, oh, okay. her cousin said the same thing about it, you know, earlier yep, yep. in the earlier in the offseason. He said the same thing. I think it's people's own personal decision. I don't chastise anybody from from if they do get it, if they don't get it. I really don't. You know, it doesn't matter. 
doesn't matter, honestly. It has nothing to and, do you with know, it's, you. It's your decision. It, yeah. you, you choose to do what you want to do. I mean, we're sitting here, you both are vaccinated, and I'm not vaccinated. That's like you telling me I bro, can't bro, come to bro. the show. Put a mask on, bro. What? <laughs> yeah, like, it's like <laughs> you telling me I got to straight Zoom you from now on because I'm not vaccinated. Like, that don't even make sense. We like, should start doing that, actually. Think so? Nah. I'll slap you. No, you will not. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, but not. I, the NFL is just doing way too much. OG. Like it's bro, it's Cole Beasy's life. It's his medical thing. Like you're not, y'all not doctors. I can't tell him what he can and what he can't do. If he doesn't want to get vaccinated, he doesn't want to get vaccinated. Now, granted, I understand the rules, but I feel like the rules are a bit excessive because, like you said last year, people played and we didn't have a vaccine. I'm pretty confident the teams were still eating together. You can still get in the sauna. It's just they had certain amount of people. It was certain limitations. But that's like you're basically saying he can't do anything. And like his life is basically going to be restricted in a hotel for most of the time. Like that's that's like I don't like I just I don't like that. I don't think Cole Beasy should play no more if that's the case. I don't think he's going to get vaccinated. Obviously, he's really on that point where I'm not going to get vaccinated. I'm going to continue to live my, my Oh, wow. Continue to live my life. So I don't think he should playing the NFL no more because that's just disrespectful yeah, at this yeah, point. It's not, it's not like NFL players ram their heads into each other every week in practice. Don't right? they still yeah, shower I don't think I don't think that like that's Don't they dangerous. still shower together? I'm not even sure, but I don't think, you know, hitting somebody full speed in the head every week is dangerous, Correct. right? Breathing right here, right on top of you. Yeah. Dude's not, are you know, slamming me on my neck. That's not going to spread COVID at all, right? Yeah. But it's like, I was ready to, to go that's in That's actually a good point because... These guys are lining up to the other guy, having, hard having full hell. contact with them, getting their sweat on them. But all of a sudden, they can't eat in the same room together because of... It's like, I was ready to to go in on Cole Beasley, and then you just read me all those restrictions. I feel Cole Beasley. It's like... It was jail. It, it's legit. He's in jail. It's, it's jail, paid. and it's singling out and bullying these guys to oh, make a bully. decision. He's a grown man. Ex- correct, which is why I would not be happy doing stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think people make their decisions for different reasons. Some people don't get vaccinated because they don't trust the science behind it for whatever reason they might have, or their religion, their faith. They have different reasons for what they do. Regardless, it's your own decision. And I don't know why people, I don't know why it became popular to know if somebody's vaccinated or not vaccinated, or why these reporters are asking these players. Cole Beasley didn't get asked, by the way. He just was tweeted. He went on. He went on a Twitter storm about this. Irate. But they did ask Sam Donald if he was vaccinated. I don't think that's something a reporter should ask a player. That's your personal business. That's like somebody asking you if you have like HIV or something. Or like you have like some sort of medical condition. Yeah, that's like way I, too I think personal. that's I think that's private. What you choose to do medically is your own decision and nobody in the media should be asking you about it. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know what else I agree to? Cole Beasley retirement. Like you said, it's not really going to put a blimp in the NFL's like, you know, he's like, if he leaves, he leaves. It's like, whatever. I just don't, I don't, I don't get. He should be a rapper though. He should be a rapper, but I really don't, I don't get. <laughs> I think he'd be, I think he'd be a good rapper, honestly. He did, he did his thing there. Yeah, that's, that was 20 good, that was, that's a throwback that, flow too. That 20 seconds was enjoyable. That was a, that's a back in the day beat and he just jumped on him. Nah, like, he did his thing. It's, it's really, it's going to get to a point where, where players are not gonna talk to media and and treat it like how some how Kyrie treats the media, how how a lot of people single out the media and, and start to ignore them. It's like I agree with you. It's I, do I understand why people ask? Yes, because they want to feel safe that they're around them and all that stuff. But ultimately, it's not. It has nothing to do with anyone but that one person. So th- that's the only thing I'll I'll say on that. And 
I kind of support Cole Beasley, even though I, I, I support people getting vaccinated. I support him in this situation. Yeah, I agree. I support people getting vaccinated as well. But then again, you know, it's your own personal decision. I'm not going to chastise anybody for whatever they choose to believe in or choose to do with their own bodies. I actually there was this uh, there was this comment I read on one of the Cole Beasley videos because I was searching up Cole Beasley, Cole Beasley videos on YouTube. And I wanted to hear other people's perspectives on it. And I saw this comment that said that because I think most of this like vaccinated stuff is obviously it's science. So I'm not trying to, you know, just generalize one political party, but it seems like most of the bullying is coming from the left. And somebody commented how like on the left, they're not they're not pro-life in terms of like they agree with women getting abortions and stuff where people on the right are more pro-life and they don't want abortions to happen. Mm -hmm. And people on the left are like, oh, women can choose to do what they want with their bodies and stuff and get abortions. But when it comes to getting vaccinated, if you don't, if you choose to not get vaccinated or get vaccinated, but mostly you don't, you choose not to get vaccinated, all of a sudden you get bullied for it in the media. And, And lefts try to bully you and try to, you know, call you all these different names. And I thought that was a good point. And I think that's how politics works to an extent. But also, this is a science thing. And, yeah. you know, people make their own decisions with the research that they do. And in this age of the Internet, there's information on everything. You know, if you want to if you want to argue one point and one side of the spectrum, you can find all the facts and talking points for that side. Same thing with any topic. So it is a tricky situation, but people should do what they feel like they should do and what's best for them at the end of the day. So this is going to do it for episode 94 of the Pick Aside podcast. We had some basketball topics. We had some football topics. And hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. If you guys liked it, you guys can write a review and rate our podcast on Apple Podcast. And if you made it this far, might as well give us a five-star rating. It doesn't hurt anybody. only helps us and helps you because it helps us grow in the algorithm. So it's a win-win for everybody. So thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.